106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Why are illegal immigrants more important than Americans? I'd like to hear an answer. Why are people illegal? Why are illegal immigrants more important than homeless people sleeping on the streets? Why do we in the great one of the biggest economies here in California take care of illegal immigrants, but our people are sleeping on the streets? I'd like to hear an answer to that. Why? Nobody can ever answer It'll that be on question. YouTube. You... Why don't people put American citizens first, but illegal immigrants get everything? And I hope you post this. I want this to go viral because I give a damn and I care about my community. My dad is a retired Navy captain. He served our country honorably. My grandfather is a retired Navy captain and I'm doing my part to help our country because I give a damn and I'm gonna fight for it. And I am 100% voting for Donald Trump on Tuesday, November 3rd, 2020. The Democrat party does not put our people first. They put sanctuary cities first. They put illegal aliens first. They tax us, they tax our water. You can't even do laundry and shower on the same day. While Nancy Pelosi is getting hundreds of thousands of dollars, robbing our pockets, not doing anything for our people, not passing legislation, passing out pens like they're candy. Meanwhile, President Trump is signing United States-Mexico-Canada agreement, and he's signing trade deals, and he's cutting our taxes, and he's securing the border, and he's putting our veterans first. I am proud of President Trump, and I am voting for him because he's putting the American people first, period. I'm afraid that did that answer Thank your question? Thank you. Thank you. 2020, way, register to vote and vote. Thank you. What the mainstream media was afraid to tell you about the news this week. This week, while the mainstream media was obsessing about Alexander Vindman being reassigned away from the National Security Council, here are the things that happened that really matter. Democrats refused to support the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act that would require doctors to give babies who've been born alive after botched abortions the same medical care that any other baby born at that same gestational age would receive. Now, this bill does not place any additional restrictions on abortion. None. It simply prohibits doctors from leaving babies to die. And Democrats refuse to support it. But did the mainstream media report this to you? Nope. The mainstream media did not say a word. Congresswoman AOC introduced a new bill called the New Way Forward Act, which would force your taxpayer dollars to pay to fly criminal illegal aliens who've been deported back into the United States. That's right. If an illegal alien commits a crime and is convicted in our court of law and then deported, under AOC's new bill, that criminal alien who's been deported will be brought back to the U.S. on your taxpayer dollar and offered U.S. citizenship. But did the mainstream media cover the details of this insane bill? No, no. The mainstream media was silent. An anti-Trump zealot attacked Trump supporters with a van as they were registering voters in Florida. Fortunately, nobody was seriously injured, but this was politically motivated violence against Trump supporters. And did the mainstream media headline this story at all? No, they didn't. They refused to cover it, except one outlet that reported Republicans vow revenge at the ballot box, as if Republicans were the violent ones here. So dishonest. NBA star Dwayne Wade's son says that he's transgender, 
And Dwayne Wade said he wants all the information possible about gender dysphoria. But did the mainstream media and the left, who were busy applauding how woke Dwayne Wade is, did they report the scientific studies that show that 80 to 90% of kids with gender dysphoria outgrow it by the time they're adults if the child does not transition? Nope. The mainstream media is not interested in reporting the actual facts if the facts contradict the far-left political narrative. Mayor Pete Buttigieg admits that his Medicare for All Who Want It plan is a gateway to full-blown, government-run, socialist-style, single-payer Bernie Sanders' Medicare for All. Buttigieg said this is a way to get there. He said he and Bernie are on the same page on a whole bunch of issues, including health care. But did the mainstream media report the truth about Mayor Pete's health care plan? that it would reinstate the Obamacare individual mandate, but that the penalty would now be $7,000 a year, and that eventually this would force everybody into the government-run plan. Nope, the mainstream media pretends Mayor Pete is moderate, even though obviously he's not. The mainstream media does not care to report any of that to you, so we will. All right, well, here we go. It's a Lou Benninger, and you're listening to No Hostages Radio. This is our uh, 47th go-around, and uh, we just needed a couple different numbers of the uh, number system today, 222-20, February 22nd, 20. I love when things worked out that way. I think I like things when things are like uh, they line up, right? There's some uh, pattern to it. I like patterns and things lining up. I like orchards, looking at orchards and rows of things. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just I have a an, a uh, fetish on things making sense. I don't know. Well, uh, <clears throat> glad you're listening today. If you're here regularly, I hope I don't bore you repeating these things, but I'm, if people are new, I don't want to be rude to them. But give him a proper welcome. Um, one of my friends who lives in Thailand says he's been listening in Thailand. So I want to give a shout out to all the folks over there. And uh, he's saying, Lou, when you when you cough, you need to put the thing on mute. And I thought, I don't know anything about this system. I don't even know whether I know how to do all that. But uh, he said, you know, when you sneeze, cough, take a drink of something, slurp, slurp, slurp. Why don't you like be professional, put the thing on mute. So that's a little input from Thailand this week. Um, so I know there's people scattered here and there around the United States. So some of the topics we cover are California. And unfortunately, it may not relate to you today, but unfortunately, it's coming your way. It's kind of like the coronavirus. If you don't nip it over there in Asia, it's going to be over here in Oregon and Idaho, right? So I bring up things here, uh, maybe because it's going to have a shock value here. They just put it out like it's normal and like God wanted it that way. But it may have shock value to you, but maybe that's good because I don't add, I don't add anything to it. I don't put any seasoning on it. I just tell you what's happening here. And if it has shock value, maybe you should take some time and elect some people to office that's going to protect you. Put a mask on your community and a condom on so you don't get any of it over your way. 
because that's what's happening here. We need people to either abort some of these uh, liberals or put a condom on and not create any more, pass that DNA around, right? Some people just don't even know how to use a condom. We were talking about health issues and sexually transmitted infections in at the jail the other day. And the nurse was saying, what do you do if you put the condom on a guy? She's talking to all women. What do you do to put the condom on a guy and you, you have it flipped upside down? And the prostitute in the crowd says, no problem. Just flip it over. Don't waste the condom. That's a bad idea if you're wanting to protect yourself from something out there. Well, uh, you can reach me at uh, no hostage. You can reach me by email at Lou, L-O-U, at no hostages radio. Dot com Lou L O U at nohostagesradio dot com. Some of you that know me know other emails. You can reach me however you're used to reach me. I haven't changed anything. That's just something that goes along with this talk. Or you could dial or text me at five three zero seven one three eighteen thirty eight five three zero seven one three eighteen thirty eight. If you were referred to us to look. For our podcast at your podcast source, there also is a website at nohostagesradio.com where you can get any number of these uh, these um, broadcasts or episodes, and you could get any of the 47 of them, right? And uh, plus you get – if you want to mess around with some of these articles that I print in a local uh, weekly newspaper here in northern california called the territorial dispatch it goes into four counties up here in the north above sacramento you can read those if you like some of them are about things in general some of them i just wrote an article relating to black history month recently that got some folks interest talked about charles darwin the racist and um nobody you know it's just so amazing to me how uh, people are racist, and then they deny it and call the people that aren't racist racist. So, uh, so that's that. That's how to get a hold of what we've been doing. And if you, uh, so if you're new, we're going to go for about. Well, I talk for about six twenty-minute segments, but in between, I've sandwiched in some. Good clips that I think are educational because I think um, generally as a population in the United States, we're uh, illiterate on what's going on. And so we're getting our lunch stolen and a pop the uh, and the sack popped right on our forehead by socialist, communist, swamp people, people that are calling themselves public servants. And they're stealing us blind, walking out of town with $300,000 in their pocket every year and uh, fleecing us, running these things. And they talk about themselves like they're prima donnas. I keep trying to remind people that they're just one of seven billion people in the earth and they aren't so hot. They're all full of themselves. But people are getting paid three and four hundred thousand dollars to run these little counties or run a little agency, and they just—it just—I—it's I, just a total thievery. It's a, a ripoff of the public, and the reason they're able to do it is because politicians 
uh, got their DNA all over the backside of those people, kissing their rear end. And it's going both ways, so everybody has got their hand in the tilt. You know, when you, I was talking to uh, Bob Fischetti one day. Bob runs another radio station. Uh, he runs a radio station in the area here. Um, and they've done started from scratch. He and, and his friend Ken, both great guys, and they launched a radio station, done a great job. And he was talking about on the radio, we were doing a show together years ago on KMYC, a talk show. And he was talking about working for a retailer, like a clothing retailer or something, something. And uh, one of the people was found stealing and uh, stealing from the store the very store they were working for. And then it came up like, well, other people knew the person was stealing, but they didn't say anything because they also had stolen. So when everybody's stealing, nobody turns in everybody, right? Nobody wants to be a snitch. I talked to somebody last night. I was having dinner with them, ate some great Chinese food just around the corner from me. You don't even have to, you don't even have to, you know, some of these foods are so great. You can't eat and drive. It's you can't keep it on the road. So I, I just walked over there and I just I I was a glutton just woofing down that Chinese food. And I was talking to her about and she comes from a rough background. She said, Lou, I felt like I was going to be a snitch. I said, go ahead and snitch, man. We need to you know, this whole thing. We're all going to like not talk about anything illegal or immoral. And this whole thing is going to fall down around us. The whole house is coming down, and nobody is going to do anything about it and stand up for what's right. And so what's happening is all these politicians and these bureaucrats are all dirty. And when they're all dirty, they all are saying, oh, no, no, we're all honest. We're all honest. And we're all just working our butts off for you guys. And the fact is they're all dirty, and they're all covering for one another. Just covering the unions are covering for the politicians. The politicians are saying those union guys are wonderful people. And it's just on and on and on. And they are stealing the taxpayers. Just, you know what they're like? I was thinking about this the other day. You think your house is healthy. You think your house is solid. And you're fussing around with the house. You see a little bug. Got little wings on it. And you think, I never, what is that? Never even seen one of those before. What is that? I wonder if that's like some bug that's going to eat my tomato plants or going to eat my radishes or some plant or eat my new ornamentals I just planted. wonder what that thing is doing. But really, that it's just one of a million of those things. And they're inside the wall, and they've just got the whole wall ate up, all those wonderful studs and cross members and support members and trusses joyces and all those fancy terms they're just they're just having a heyday in there they call them termites and and the house from the outside looks okay right at the moment but when you pull off the siding or the foundation plate and it's just a mess it's just sawdust under there those things have just ate right through it's like somebody thinking they got a lot of money in the bank, like a person working their rear off, like a uh, oral surgeon. I remember oral surgeon in town woke up one morning and saw something odd about his books and looked through and his employee had stolen hundreds of thousands of dollars. Just a loyal employee came, 
came to work every day, went home every night, just loyal and kind, but all the while just sucking the blood right out of that guy. Happens all the time. In fact, when I was on the radio, I used to do a talk show, live talk show, and I used to I used to really make a note of kept, you know bringing up uh, people's cases where they embezzled all this money. They were good employees, wonderful people. They were nice. They treated their customers nice, and they just stole. In fact, I went in and got a root canal. God forbid, I got the only root canal I've ever had. The guy was good at it and knocked, and knocked that root canal out, and the people were really nice to me, and I paid them and everything at the front desk. And uh, years later, I read where that lady that I did business with stole that poor oral surgeon blind, that root canal specialist. She did a root canal on his bank account, just stole, stole from him. That's exactly what's going on in our country. We have bureaucrat after bureaucrat just patent or patent. There is no loyalty. I'm telling you, I was talking to somebody the other day, and uh, there are cops and firefighters and bureaucrats moving around. There's no loyalty anywhere. I remember when I was first started to be a chaplain to fire part, fire department, and guys have been there 10, 15, 20 years, 30 years, over 30 years, some of them. Today, can't hardly find that. They're just, boom, turn over every couple of years. The whole place is turning over. Why? Because people don't have any loyalty. They don't even live in the city that they're working in. They make so much money. Like back in the day when my father was uh, ran a business. Nobody could afford to live in Sacramento and come up here and do business. It just too you couldn't afford the time or the expense. People had to live in the community they worked. Nowadays, people are making so much money that you got the county administrator over here in Yuba County living over in Placer County. I don't know why if he likes Placer County so much, why don't he take a job over there? But he just sucking the money out of here, and he makes up policies for Yuba County. But he don't want to live here, and uh, you know it's kind of like making up some food for your family, but you don't want to eat it because you're not a good cook, and you go eat somebody else's cooking, like you're an adulterer. So these people are uh, over there somewhere else living, and dipping in here, taking the money out of here. So Robert Bendorf's taking almost 300000 Now his wife's running for judge. She's going to make about 200000 They're going to take a half a million dollars a year and go over there and pay taxes and buy their groceries and buy their cars and get away from the 1% tax increase that Robert Bendorf introduced to Yuba County. They're going to get away from that because they're going to buy their cars based upon their DMV address in Placer County. It's just totally ridiculous. Is it illegal? It's not illegal. But I'm telling you, there's a lots of stuff on the books that are legal, that's unethical and immoral, both. And I, I, if I had my druthers and we had to vote for people, I would never vote for a person that lived an hour away. Now, the, the Sutter County supervisors are so under the influence of something weird over there that they hired a guy that lived 400 miles away, never did move to town. And everything, I mean, he wanted gold-plated toilet paper in his bathroom. They gave every, they gave him everything. Every benefit, perk, stuff, people that you can't even dream of in the private sector. If he had a bad night's sleep, they'd compensate him for it. 
And as soon as he got his little resume cleaned up from screwing over the the people of Thousand Oaks and got kicked out down there, uh, when he got his resume cleaned up after a couple of years up here, he just he moved on. Why? Because he got no skin in the game. He didn't even like this community. Come up here. All he wanted, all he wanted is to pimp out this community. That's what's going on is people pimping out a community, taking the money out of it, and go living somewhere else. Why? Because they can, because the, the wages now have gotten so ridiculous, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And people say, well, I don't, I'm a, in fact, I know people that actually fly to work, firefighters that actually fly to work, fly down the Bay Area, fly down to LA. Don't, they don't even live close by. They couldn't even respond to a, a, a super emergency. So there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. And, um, we just, uh, you know, we, we've been battling this uh, Major K situation. That's a 1% sales tax. We already pay 7.5% up here, and that money goes to the state. Then they kick back a tiny bit to the counties. But what's happening is every jurisdiction now, whether it's a school district, water district, county, city, even the state, if they don't think they're getting enough money, they put it on the ballot, let the people vote. And they put all these firefighters and cops out there. They're all just little pimps and, and prostitutes hooking for the, uh, the, the uh, like this Prop 13 right, right now that's on the ballot to raise more money for an education. Who do you think's out there? They're out there in their turnouts, firefighters. They're, they're prostituting. They're little whores for the union. Uh, say, oh, we're just desperate. We're not going to be able to respond to your call. We're not going to be able to come to your fire. Well, you know, if you have a heart attack, our response time normally three or five, six minutes. But now it's probably going to be, oh, 20 minutes. Remember? Remember the lies on Measure K here in Yuba County? They said, oh, well, we, we're not sure we can respond because this is a public safety tax. It's going to go into a special fund. They, they lied to their teeth. They knew that if this thing didn't fly through all the courts, that they could screw us for millions and millions of dollars and keep all the money and still lose the battle in court. Because that's the way the legislation is that says if it's a revenue measure and if it's a flawed re revenue measure and the people end up winning the case and it has they have to, to reverse the tax as an invalid tax down the road, in the meantime, the jurisdictions get to keep all the money. While they took all the money out of the account over here in Yuba County, all our tax dollars, to come after us. They violated the Constitution of the state of California and, and violated our civil rights by using money, our money, our money that should have been patching the roads, fixing the culverts, protecting us, fire and police. That money should have been gone there. Instead, they went and they lobbied us and they lied to us and they put up signs that were uh Wrong signs, they, they were deceiving us and put flyer after flyer after flyer on our mailbox. Devious, total devious. Hired a public relations firm that their specialty is screwing over the public. And all the while they're saying, we're here to, well, we're here to help you. We're here to, we're, we love you guys. And we, well, we just want what you want. We want to hear from you. We just, they don't want to hear a damn thing you say. They don't want to hear a damn thing you say. As soon as you say something that they don't like, oh, well, well, who do you think you are? Well, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. We know everything because we're the supervisors. We're brilliant. 
And I was just thinking, I saw a guy that used to to be on the board of Supri. He so P.O.'d at me, walked by me at the post office, just looked the other way. What a little pimp, little sissy. He's just a sissy. People, you know, you oppose them and you give them some facts and they can't argue the case. In fact, the the, the, uh, Fair Political Practices Commission said your district attorney should have prosecuted this situation and we, our district attorney, Pat McGrath, was actually, instead of being an independent prosecutor, was out there pushing Measure K. Now, how, how does that work? That's like having a cop that's supposed to be arresting a drug dealer, and he's sucking cocaine up his nose and, and, uh, and pimping out girls. That ain't cool. You're, you're hoping that the police are people of integrity that because we we gave them incredible authority over our lives because we want them to protect us and do the right thing according to the law we agree to the law and so we have a district attorney that went out and went he he did the roadshow tour the you know the major k live tour pitching it like we can't we don't think we can survive reminded me of when we passed welfare reform when the republicans had the congress and clinton was in the white house and they finally came up and said, it's not right that people are on welfare for their entire life and generation after generation. So they called it temporary assistance. <laughs> and the liberals said, people are going to actually collapse and die in the street. People, they're so, they're, they're like, you know, these niggers, these slaves on the plantation, we got to take care of them. That's why we're not setting them free. We got to take care of them. They're just a step above chimpanzees. And they're not going to be able to fend for themselves. We got to take care of them. It's like a puppy be, not being fed, and you find him out in the rain, all cold and shivering. That's what these blacks are going to be. They're all racist. These people are all racist. Are you kidding me? Treating welfare recipients like they're some kind of subhuman person. We're finishing our, our first segment here. We're coming back. Uh, I'm going to play you a clip here. About Democrats, uh, they don't want you to know some stuff, and we're going to tell you what that is in just a second. So we'll be right back. I'm going to take a swig off the air for the people in Thailand so they don't get all freaked out over there. And I'll, I'll look I'll look at least more professional. I'm just Lou. I'm just the same old guy, but at least, you know, at least I sound better. All right, be right back. Someone very profoundly once said many years ago that if fascism ever comes to America, it'll come in the name of liberalism. And what is fascism? Fascism is private ownership, private enterprise, but total government control and regulation. Well, isn't this the liberal philosophy? The conservative, so-called, is the one that says less government, get off my back, get out of my pocket, and let me have more control of my own destiny. Their 2020 platform sounds identical to policies already tried and now failing in the collapsed socialist state of Venezuela. You know, it's funny, sometimes American journalists talk about how bad a country is because people are lining up for food. That's a good thing. I believe it will totally eliminate private insurance. So for people out there who like their insurance, 
what, they don't get to keep it. Let's eliminate all of that. Let's move on. Abolish ICE. It's a growing call from Democrats to get rid of the agency that arrests and removes illegal immigrants in the U.S. I, I think we should get rid of ICE. We need to probably think about starting from scratch. Why is it good for us to pay for the health care bills of people who snuck in here against our law? It's good for people who are in our country, who are contributing to this country's success. Does it also apply to, I don't know, gang members or vagrants? I think they were covered too, weren't they? These hot-button issues like free college, free health care, once thought to be radical, appear to be the starting line in this Democratic primary. The three core demands of the National Day of Action are free public college, a cancellation of student debt, and a $15 an hour minimum wage for people who work on the campus. And how's that going to be paid? Um, great question. Uh, I mean, you know, so... Do you call yourself a radical? Yeah, you know, if that's what radical means, call me a radical. Nancy mm -hmm. Pelosi, mm -hmm. do you recognize her as the mm -hmm. leader for the House Democrats? Of course. We, um, as you are aware, uh, we have, we are diligent. I think one way you get rid of Trump is a crashing economy. So please, bring on the recession. Yeah. Sorry if that hurts people. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, you get out and you tell them they're not welcome. They go low, we kick them. Congressman Ilhan Omar under attack for anti-Semitic tweets. Can you respond to that? No, thank you. You use the term the occupation of Palestine. What did oh. you mean by that? Oh, um... I think it, what I meant is like the, the settlements that are increasing. I am not the expert. They are the future face of the Democratic Party. They are not only anti-Israel, but often that anti-Zionism morphs into anti-Semitism. Either the Klansman or the guy in blackface is right now the Democratic governor of Virginia, Ralph Northam. Northam's nickname was a racial slur. They called me Kuhn Man. I did participate in a dance contest in which I darkened my face as part of a Michael Jackson costume. Uh, I actually won the contest because I had learned how to do the moonwalk. My wife says, inappropriate circumstances. Democratic Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts with a DNA test to prove her Native American ancestry. Her DNA test claiming she's part Native American appears to be backfiring. Tonight, the leaders of the Cherokee Nation are speaking out against Senator Elizabeth Warren's campaign video touting her Native American ancestry. Have you considered dropping out of the race? You're talking about zero carbon emissions, no use of fossil fuels within 12 years. That is the goal. It's ambitious. And How is that possible? You're talking about everybody having to drive an electric car? Admitting in earlier drafts that, quote, we aren't sure that we'll be able to fully get rid of farting cows and airplanes that fast. I really don't like their policy of taking away your car, of taking away your airplane flights, of let's hop a train. You're not allowed to own cows anymore. You know, there are a lot of problems. It was stunning how quickly some Democrats jumped on this proposal. We need to be bold. Oh, it's impractical. Oh, it's too expensive. Keeping track of Democrats who might be driving a hard left, and a lot of them happy to do so. Socialism is apparently becoming mainstream. America will never be a socialist country. We're born free, we will live free, and we will die free. This has been a great movement.
They try like hell. They cannot stand what we've done. But we're doing the right thing. And I will never, ever, ever let you down. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. I saw this comment the other day. You remember this big Adam Schiff thing, right? Adam Schiff, the congressman from down in the L.A. area. And, uh, you know, he he uh, created this entire fraudulent fiasco about Russia, right? Not going to go into that because you've heard plenty about it. And I'm sick of it myself. But the interesting thing is we had this quote unquote anonymous whistleblower my feeling about anonymous is nobody knows who it is but then Schiff said that the anonymous whistleblower is getting death threats now how how does a a person that's never come to light and is undercover and is anonymous get death threats just unbelievable this week we had Michael Bloomberg they say he's only five foot seven, but he, he, I, I laugh because it used to be, you know, when you you played basketball or sports, that sometimes the uh, when they'd put out the roster for the the folks that are watching spectators to look at the roster, and they'd list the age and or the height and the weight and what position, they might like inflate that a little bit just to intimidate people. And uh, so I, I understand Michael Bloomberg claims he's five foot ten, but actually they say he's five foot seven and has a real, real uh, problem with being short. He's a short man's complex. So he made some critical comments about farming and uh, about farmers. Like anybody can do it. It's kind of a a lowbrow occupation. It doesn't take much intelligence. Like somebody can just stumble out there and end up making a bajillion dollars farming. And he said these things on an interview uh, a number of years ago, but now it's coming out. Because you never know what these people are really like, right? You see them, and of course the media is portraying them like they want you to think of them and vote for them. But, but you really don't know the real person. So Dwight... Eisenhower, who was the leader of the Allies, military leader of the Allies during World War II, and then he became president of the United States, who was a conservative Republican. He said, farming, farming looks mighty easy when your plow is a pencil and you're a thousand miles from the cornfield. Now, probably Michael probably doesn't give thanks for his food or even considers where it's from. I had a guy 
we we took in people off the streets after we got straightened out by Jesus and got out of the drug scene back in the 70s. And there was a guy named um, uh, O'Keefe, and I think he was from the Bronx. He's a hippie from the Bronx. And uh, he, was, he was a funny guy. And back then, there weren't all these Mexican restaurants all over like there are today. It's By the way, I like Mexican food. It's one of my favorites. And I like to go to Mexico or anywhere they got good Mexican food. So he'd never seen a taco before. And so he hadn't seen a lot of things because he's just raised in the inner city. And one day, he had no idea about cows and milk coming from a cow he just thought that some it just stores made it just like they make soda pop it's the most hilarious thing that's michael bloomfield i think so this is an, an another statement that i caught me interest you know sometimes i get a kick out of people that are come up with wise analogies because they help me to think better because i have thoughts but they're not always intelligent thoughts they're just it's just information like trivia And this guy says, if you kill humans and you keep their parts in a fridge, you're Jeffrey Dahmer. You remember Jeffrey Dahmer? D-A-H-M-E-R. He was a mass killer. He was gnarly. He was, uh, he'd lost contact with reality. I would say he is demon possessed. So to repeat this, if you kill humans and keep their parts in a fridge or refrigerator, refrigerator, if you go back farther, it would be an ice box. But I know that the millennials today would just look at me cross-eyed and probably get nervous if I was had them in a room because they can't hold a normal conversation. So that's one way. If, you know, I you can't do that. You can't chop up people, put them in the fridge. But he says Planned Parenthood does it, and when they do it, it's health care. And it empowers women. And I want you to give you a thing. When, when women and Planned Parenthood do it, it's health care and it empowers ladies. Now, I've thought a lot about this killing people. In fact, I've thought about killing people myself at times. And it just sounds like a great thing to do sometimes. In fact, there's been people right in my neighborhood I thought, I think I would rather just take a shovel and whack that guy right in the head and then bury him and tell God where I put him. But the only thing that holds me back, in fact, I had a guy in my garage here recently, and he was high on some kind of narcotic, and I caught him in there. I didn't say I saw him. I just saw him in there, and he had busted up the car and done a lot of things. And I thought one, there was a lot of options that go through your mind. You know how when options, it's kind of like a drop-down box on a computer. You click on it, and then boom, 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 three or four options come up. Well, that's what's happened in my brain. One of the options was get my shotgun and uh, – shoot that fella and and call the police and say come on over and take him over to lip and sullivan mortuaries but i thought because i'm a follower of jesus <clears throat> and you may and some people think in the community don't think i'm a very good christian sometimes i thought maybe i'll just quit this and try something else but i be, i actually believe i know jesus right he helped me He's helped me over and over again over about 40 years. But this religious thing is hard for me. And I have thoughts. And sometimes I think, I'm not going to let that guy do that. I'm just going to put him out of his misery like a bug. 
right? And I have people that are inconvenient. You have people that are inconvenient in your life. They're just a pain in the rear end, right? They're inconvenient. And I think, they, and they think they're all hot stuff, like they got the post office. He used to be on the water agency. He used to be a supervisor, and he, he, th- he thinks he's hot, right? And I thought, if I just blew him away right out here in the front on the curb, that would end his concept of being like, I'm really powerful. Because when it comes down to it, we're just flesh and blood. We're, we're, we just got a bunch of dirt and water jacked up with some new tires under it. That's what people are. And, and the, what makes us valuable is that God values us. So when I was looking at this addict in my garage, and it all happened in a nanosecond, I thought, should I shoot him? Or should I go in and confront him? But then I thought maybe he would shoot me if he's packing. And then I thought, I think I'll just subcontract this whole thing out to Marysville Police because I got a busy day and I don't even have time to have an interview. And what I've been thinking a lot about it because now he's over at Yuba County Jail and they're doing their best at helping him get back to health and getting his head clear and, and, and stabilizing him so we could get him into a rehab, help him out. And I, I, you know, a lot of times when I have real negative thoughts or bad thoughts, I, I know that's the devil. But when I have a real good thought, I know that's God because that's a, a sharper thought than I normally have. And the thought I had was, what if I could help that guy and get him to Jesus? And so I didn't shoot him. Right? I thought, instead of me sending him into eternity, I'm going to let God sort that out. And that was, that was a good thought, right? That was from God. And so that's what I did. So when people say, I have a baby and it's my choice whether I want to kill it, I thought, well, why don't we all have a choice like that? I would like to eliminate. I've had people that have stolen money from me. I've done a business for them. I did billboards for them. Vector big, the car business in town stole $7,000 from me. And I thought, I wonder if I should shoot that guy. I thought, well, I better not. That would be the wrong thing to do. So things happen, right? And you have to sort that kind of things out. And sometimes people are just inconvenient, just like kids are inconvenient, right? Oh, I got to go home. I can't go have sex with that person. I can't go to a baseball game. I got to go home, take care of my kid. He's getting out of school at 2.30. I remember I wanted to have children. And so people think, oh, well, the kids are just inconvenient to my, you know, uh, Harry Blackman. Look him up. Harry Blackman, Supreme Court Justice. His daughter got knocked up at prison, at, at uh, well, prison, same difference. College, prison, same, same. He was, she was at college, his only daughter, or maybe it wasn't his only. Anyway, it was his daughter. She got knocked up by her boyfriend. And she decided to go ahead and have the child. The married, they went ahead and got married. The marriage didn't work. Hey, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the kid's fault. But Harry Blackman was affected by that and thought that kid was a big pain in the rear to my daughter. Therefore, I'm going to get I'm going to push abortion on demand for every woman in the United States. And I'm going to make it up to him because my daughter got ripped off. I thought, shoot, if I would have been more aware, maybe I'd have shot Harry Blackman and we wouldn't have had abortion. Now, that's crazy thinking, isn't it? But that's kind of how my mind works. 
So God had to do some special stuff to pull me out of the ditch because I'm I'm still teetering on the edge sometimes. I need all of God holding on to me, straightening me out, clearing up my thinking. He said, Lou, you need to wash the windshield of your mind so you can see better out there. So it says if you kill humans and you keep them in the fridge, their parts, you're Jeffrey Dahmer. But if you're Planned Parenthood or one of these abortionists that got them stashed in the garage— are stashed in their freezer or refrigerator, you're like a hero. You're a hero. Isn't that amazing? Now, are you, are you, all you big old, big R people, Republicans, right? All talk, no, no action, conservatives. Does it even, does it even move your meter? that all these Republicans that we've had in Congress, even when we ran the Congress as Republicans, even when we ran the Congress, the House of Representatives and the Senate, we had a majority in both, and we had, and, and sometimes we had at least a conservative president and one of the houses. Does it surprise you that we couldn't defund Planned Parenthood? All these politicians blowhards, liars, cheats, perverts, some of them molesting their secretaries. And then Donald Trump comes right in, and the Christians just said, oh, oh, Donald Trump. Oh, well, he, he had sex with more than one woman. Well, well, he did this. Well, he did that. And, and yet he lived a cleaner life than most Christians. A lot of Christians I know drink, do drugs. Don Trump doesn't even drink alcohol or do drugs. Oh, well, he, I don't like the way he said that. Well, he he's kind of arrogant. It's amazing to me. It's no wonder that the church is so screwed up in this country. It's no one. When you look at how screwed up this country is, you have no one to blame. Don't blame the politicians. It's the church's fault. The church, if it had revival, and what that means to you, if you're, if you're an unbeliever, you don't have a clue. That just means people that are clued into the Bible and they actually do what it says instead of just talking trash all the time. So Don Trump comes in and actually is the first president to actually take a shot. And they're, they're, he's going to unilaterally, that means on his own, basically, defund Planned Parenthood. And he's the first president that's ever spoken at the uh, Right to Life March. I mean, it's just on and on and on and on. It's like, do you want a guy that just talks the way you want him to talk? Or like, it's it's kind of like I run to people and their life is all screwed up, right? They're doing stupid stuff. And they'll say, oh, yeah, I, I, I know Jesus. I believe in God. I said, I, I don't care about what you believe in. The Bible says the demons believe in God. Like, what's up with your life, right? What, what are you doing with your life? Don Trump, it's amazing to me to watch him. It's just every day I get up, I think, what's he going to do today? I knew what Obama was going to do. The guy's a pervert. The guy's a total pervert and a liar. I knew exactly what he's going to do. But when you get a guy that's full of God, that God's got his hand on, it's just a creative miracle every doggone day. You have no idea what's going to go on. <laughs> it's It's unbelievable. So he stands up, and I, I, I couldn't believe it when I saw him. I turned on, I had Facebook up, and there was Don Trump. He's down here in Bakersfield. I thought, Bakersfield? What's he doing down there in Bakersfield? And um, and he's talking about, he says, 
he's and he 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 was talking like I would talk. Like we got all. It's like instead of like oh, we just don't have enough water for the salmon and left. We don't have enough water after we do the fish to take care of all the humans. And so we need to kill more humans because the salmon comes first and in the and the smelt and all the all the other little fish. They come first, so we need to fill up, take care of all the animals, all the fish, all the insects. Then if we have anything left for humans, hallelujah to you. Right? Trump comes down here and says what all of us know. we got all kinds of water here. And through this idiocy, it's like people, it's like when I run into people that are really spun on drugs, they are, they are speaking English words, but the syllables don't – or the, the phrases don't make any sense. You put phrases together, words, phrases, sentences, paragraphs, but their talk is just – right? It's just like their brain isn't connecting things together, and that's how the politicians of California are doing. One judge says, oh, I think – I thought somebody ought to just take him out back and beat him to a pulp – Paul, a judge, a liberal activist judge says, well, I think that we need to send a bajillion more gallons of water down to the fish or they're not going to be thriving. And so he just so immediately and all these liberals just cause all these farms to shut down. I used to love to drive down I-5 and I just I just love to stare at the farms. They were so beautiful. Tree Thousands and thousands of trees, asparagus, uh, all kinds, alfalfa, just beautiful, beautiful. Just th- th- ten, hundreds of thousands of acres. And then all of a sudden, they're just, they're dry. No water. Can't have any water. There's water. Water's running down the streams. Run, water's running down the, the rivers. But they say, no, 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 you can't touch that water. That's for fish out in the ocean. <laughs> Otherwise, they're going to die. Unbelievable. Trump comes in here in Bakersfield and said, we got all this water. We're going to help get the farmers back going. And when you fly over some of the areas, in fact, you've seen some aerials, aer- aerial shots on the Internet. It, huge blocks of, I mean, talking about miles and miles of property that is just, they let these massive almond, uh, walnut trees, almond trees, vineyards go down lemon trees, orange trees. Democrats will never talk to you about all the Mexican farm workers and farm managers and equipment operators, people that made an entire living, raised their kids, entire small towns in Central California that went bankrupt. People left the entire area. They shut down thousands and thousands of jobs. Supposedly they care about all these people from all the Southern Hemisphere Central America, South America, Mexico. Oh, we really, you know, we owe it to them to take care of them. They just ran these people out of jobs just because they weren't going to give water to the farmers. Oh, yeah, we'll just, you just sign up for welfare and we'll take, we'll just, you don't have to work. We'll just pay. We're sorry. Yeah, yeah, we screwed screwed up the jobs. Yeah. Well, they're just corporations. Screw those people. You know, the Democrats say they're just business people. They don't know, like Bloomberg, anybody can put a seed in the ground. They'll figure something out. Right? Thousands of Mexican-Americans or Mexicans, Mexican-Mexicans, they came up here to work. Mexican-Mexicans, let's call them. 
They came up to work. They they had families. They had houses. And and the Democrats just said, no, 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 no. Uh, first fish get water. And, and then they lied about it. And they said that farmers got 50% of all the water uh, that comes down from the mountains. Total lie. They just make up stuff and just to uh, – it's just propaganda. 50% of all the water goes to the ocean. 50%. Just They just came up with that. And they say, oh, yeah, well, you know, it's, nobody ever asked this. When there were no dams, when it's just, when, it's just the, uh, when nobody was living here, nobody developed this country, and there were salmon, you know, they say, oh, the coho salmon. I want you to ask you this. When the Yuba River or the Feather River dried completely up to just a tiny little stream because there's no dams, in the summertime here in California, we'll go through seven months, six, seven months, no rain, not one drop. Where do you think water's coming from? If there isn't a massive snowpack, that those there's no way a salmon stays in, in those creeks. They all die. And it's a big old catch for all the badgers and coyotes and, and stuff. It, the whole thing is so stupid. So Trump comes in and uh, says, we're going to get some water to farmers. We're going to put you guys back in bed. Isn't that, in the same way with the member Obama says, what do you think? What do you think he's going to do? Wave a magic wand to bring back manufacturing? He didn't wave a magic wand, but he just had the brains that Obama. You know, Obama, his skill was banging guys from the backside and smoking crack and mooching cigarettes from people. That was his skill. No one can find that he ever worked at Circle K or at a 7-Eleven or Flip Burgers. All he did was screw people, smoke crack, and um, and moot cigarettes, according to some of his friends that used to do it with him. And so no wonder he couldn't figure out. He couldn't spell manufacturer. By the way, if anybody ever runs into his school records, we're still wondering where they are. We're going to come back. We're finished with two segments. Seems like the clock's going slow today. Uh, let's see where we're, we're going to. Uh, anyway, I got a couple clips. I'll let them be a surprise. We'll be right back. says an agent asked to inspect her braids and then she pulled my hair behind my head and just like started laughing and was like giddy up i was very clear that's really not okay tsa says it's taking the matter seriously and has launched an investigation there's a calm surrender when you board a plane when the touch of a lonely hand can't be turned away, you're a native person. Uh, I'm Lebanese. Wearing tribal braids. That's just my hair. Which always make our machines go dang, dang, dang. What I'm trying to say is can you feel the glove tonight? Yes, it feels bizarre. Enough for this third rate plunderer to think he's gone too far. 
people we haven't caught one yet. And though we spilled the ashes of your Nana Ruth, we neutralized the threat. Government forced processions, we won't do that again. Now walk right here and take off your shoes while I giddy up your head. And can you feel the glow tonight? Though it feels I'm just gonna drive. Just gonna take my car. You're a weird dude. Weird dude. Can you feel what do you mean I can't leave? Get your hands off of me tonight. Roping my hair. It's like a Biden meet and greet. The Washington Examiner recently reported the presidential hopeful and Democratic forerunner, Bernie Sanders, made the following statement while running for governor in 1971. I don't mind people coming up and calling me a communist. During the Reagan era, Sanders even campaigned for self-described Trotskyites, a Marxist sect that openly calls for violent revolutions. Sanders' involvement with the Socialist Workers' Party raised so many suspicions that he was even investigated by the FBI. Should this concern Americans? On January 10th, 1963, less than 10 years before the senator from Vermont owned the label of communist, Democratic Congressman Albert Erlong Jr. read into the congressional record the 45 communist goals for America, which included number 28. Eliminate prayer or any phrase of religious expression in the schools on the ground that it violates the principle of separation of church and state. Justice William Orville Douglas, nominated by Democrat President Franklin D. Roosevelt, served the longest term on the bench in the Supreme Court's history, 36 years. Douglas wrote, The First Amendment, however, does not say that in every and all respects there shall be a separation of church and state. Otherwise, the state and religion would be aliens to each other, hostile, suspicious, and even unfriendly. Municipalities would not be permitted to render police or fire protection to religious groups. Policemen who helped parishioners into their places of worship would violate the Constitution. Prayers in our legislative halls, the appeals to the Almighty and the messages of the chief executive, the proclamations making Thanksgiving Day a holiday, so help me God in our courtroom oaths, these and all other references to the Almighty that run through our laws, our public rituals, our ceremonies, would be flouting the First Amendment. A fastidious atheist or agnostic could even object to the supplication with which the court opens each session, God save the United States and this honorable court. We find no constitutional requirement which makes it necessary for government to be hostile to religion and to throw its weight against efforts to widen the effective scope of religious influence. We cannot read into the Bill of Rights such a philosophy of hostility to religion. Many of you may not be aware that in the very week that Congress approved the Establishment Clause as part of the Bill of Rights for submission to the states, it enacted legislation providing for paid chaplains for the House and Senate. Chief Justice Warren E. Berger stated, Our history is replete with official references to the value and invocation of divine guidance in deliberations and pronouncements of the Founding Fathers and contemporary leaders. 
The very chamber in which oral arguments on this case were heard is decorated with a notable and permanent, not seasonal, symbol of religion, Moses with the Ten Commandments. Congress has long provided chapels in the capital for religious worship and meditation. Make no mistake, communists are adversaries of Christianity. And in the words of Declaration Signer John Witherspoon, whoever is an avowed enemy of God, I scruple not to call him an enemy of his country. This is Jake McCauley and Dominic McCauley with the Institute on the Constitution, bringing you the American View. You know, I am not hardcore. <clears throat> I'm, I'm registered Republican because I want to vote for more conservative people, but I don't have any um, any love for. In fact, I told this Republican person. I can't tell you what I told them. I probably should say it, but I said it to them. I just told them to don't call me anymore. And they keep calling me all the time, wanting money, and they want something. And I just said, I'm so, I'm just so sick of you people in California that call yourself this. Get out of my life. Don't ever come back. Okay? So whether it's a liberal, a conservative, whatever flavor they want to call themselves, here's the type of things I like. And and neither Republican or liberal was doing these things. Now, that's that's when it really gets bad, when they have different labels. But Brand X is the same as Pepsi, right? That's a bad sign. If you like Pepsi or Coke, remember the Coke, Pepsi, taste-offs, whatever they call it, whatever you call it. Anyway... From what I'm told, I'm just learning like you are. There's there's information out there. You got to sort through the fake stuff, the baloney, right? But I I'm under the understanding that the military had collapsed so much, no money, that there were planes and other items that needed parts that we couldn't even afford to get. Now the military, in fact, we were limited in our capacity to even scrap with some of these foreign threats. The military now is fully funded. I feel good about that, right? Because I don't want, I'm not worried about myself. I'm at the end of my life anyway. But I'm worried about my my grandkids and their kids, right? Because my father fought in World War II, and I don't want to be stupid and give up the give up the ground he gained back in the day. The other thing that I don't like is I don't like the fact that police officers becoming targets of assassins. Because they got a bad attitude about police officers because Barack Obama had a bad attitude about it. I was sad that somebody didn't shoot Barack Obama. Because he didn't care about somebody shooting the cops. Now, I don't think I'm not a favor of assassinating people. I am not. I don't think that's the right thing. I didn't like it when President Kennedy and when historically learning about what happened to President Lincoln or Martin Luther King or there's a whole list of people, Malcolm X, all these people get killed. I didn't like it. It all happened when I was uh, in college, in high school and college. I don't like it. 
But when you're a leader in this country and you're undermining law enforcement, it's going to get them killed because people will pick up on that vibe and go out there and it'll embolden them to shoot people. I like the idea that President Trump is supporting law enforcement. I like the fact that veterans who risked their lives when a lot of us didn't go to the military or they or some people scammed around the military or they didn't need to go to the military, decided I don't want to do that. But a lot of people did and they they protected us. And then they came back here and suffered from Agent Orange and all other kind of chemicals and post-traumatic stress. In fact, I just hauled a guy to a rehab today that was that, that went on the USS Cole after Al-Qaeda people bombed it and killed all those sailors. And he had to, he had to protect it with all those dead bodies and body parts, and the guy never has recovered. And I just hauled him down to a rehab the other day. To me, our veterans, we owe the best. They should get the best of everything. They should get the best hospitals. They should get the quickest service. They should have, um, it, we should get them off the streets if they're homeless. We need to just go find out and say, you got to, you prove you're a veteran. We're pulling you off. We're getting taken care of you, right? The economy. I, who would have believed? Do you remember the, pre, the, the predictions were the economy? Of course, the, the Democrats wanted to say, you know, if you vote for Trump, you're you're going to have erectile dysfunction. Your hair is going to fall out and you'll go blind. Right. That's what they said. But what happened is the economy is going nuts. And and what does that mean? The economy is going great. The real the cool thing is people can go out and earn a living and pay for their bills, pay their bills, buy some clothes, buy food for their kids. Take a trip, take, go to the beach, go take their kids to the ocean, uh, go to a movie, uh, have enough to eat, have good things to eat, right? The economy is just people having enough to get by. That's what the economy is. It isn't rich people making a lot of money. And if you're jealous of that, that's a, that's a demonic spirit jealousy. You need, that's a personal problem you have. I don't have that problem. If if a person makes a bajillion dollar, dollars, honestly, I say, thank you, Jesus. God bless them, right? I don't need that money. I've never been impressed by money or celebrity status. It just, hey, they're a good actor. They're a good musician. I wish I could be a good musician. It'd be fun. But the money thing is of no interest to me. So when, Trump's, when Trump has a tremendous success in the economy, his decision-making is affecting things. Where coal workers, 10, 15, 30,000, 50,000, 70,000 coal workers go back to work, that's a good thing. When automotive workers go back to work, that's a good thing. When people work on oil rigs, they go back to work, that's a good thing. So that's people having children, being able to buy their own car, stay off welfare, buy their house, that's a good thing. People working. The lowest unemployment rate in the history of, of, of record-keeping in the United States for blacks, Hispanics, all of us, even down to the ladies. You remember they said with Trump started a tariff war. He didn't start any tariff. Tariffs did not start in 2016. Tariffs have been charged. There's been a tariff war going on, and we just lost it every year. Bush and a whole bunch of them, the Bushes, Clinton, Obama, they all just caved in and let China get whatever they wanted. We were getting ripped off. It's like just leaving your back door open 
and somebody coming in and emptying a refrigerator every night. That's exactly what was going on in the $500 billion a year. In fact, Trump accurately says China rebuilt its entire nation on us, on what it stole from us. So they wouldn't let us sell goods over there, but they would sell goods over here where there was no tariffs. Now we're bringing in hundreds of billions of dollars. It's coming from Chinese, the importers, paying the United States government. It's not raising prices. Have you read the articles? It's not raising your prices here. But it's getting back some of the money they stole. Now all you need to do, and I've, I've probably been to at least 20 major Chinese cities including Wuhan, where the coronavirus supposedly started. And they make our cities look crappy because they took money from us and built brand new buildings, brand new roads, brand new sewers, brand new everything, steel and glass, amazing cities. And they did it on U.S. money. The other thing uh, is, have any of you, can any of you still spell ISIS? Have you heard of much about them lately? Terrorists, right? I, I, I'm agreeing. Let's shut down Guantanamo. Let's just kill them all, right? Why, why just hold them over there? I think I, I would rather be shot than, than do life in prison. Like, I'm, you know, there's life after death. Think about it. It's just where you're going to end up. It's where your house is going to be located, what neighborhood you're going to be in. That's the only thing about it. I'm interested in bringing troops home. I'm sick and tired of every kind of politician, every time a politician gets a bean up his nose, we're sending troops somewhere. I'm, I'm kind of a Rand Paul guy in that way. I just don't like that every time we think we got to go and police everything. Rocketing and, and targeting a terrorist that's been killing us like a seaman salami. I'm into killing those dudes. And because they've been taking out Americans, and I I think, hey, it's just the same here. If people are running around, we got a serial rapist or serial killer running around here. Hey, if the police got to shoot the dude, go for it, right? It's just like, hey, we got to keep a lid on this sucker till Jesus returns. The swamp. People say, oh, my God, President Trump, he's pardoning Somebody, Roger Stone or Blagojevich or somebody, somebody, and now he's undermining our entire criminal justice system. No, the system was already undermined, was already screwed up. And all those ju- all those attorneys that are leaving, I think, hey, let me carry your bags out the back door and go get a real job instead of just walking around with a little tag around your neck. And like these Caltrans people do downtown Marysville, walking around with a tag on your neck and pulling down a couple hundred grand a year. Screw you people. Go get a real job. Defend yourself. Run your, defend people. Run your own office. Pay your own bills. Get out there like the real taxpayer, right? Take a risk. Don't have the government, oh, I don't feel good today. I'm going to take some sick leave. Go open your own business. Take your own sick leave. You could pay for it. I'm sick of you. The swamp, all those people, oh, my God, do you, you know, nobody, do you realize, oh, Trump fired an ambassador. Do you know Trump, uh, Obama eliminated all ambassadors when he came in? Repointed all of them. Did you get all nervous about it? You get all freaked out about it? You like pee your pants? Do you remember when, when, you know, oh, Trump fired the head of the Navy? 
Do you know Obama fired 200 military leaders? Did you get, you get all hives over that? You get, you get blurry-eyed? You get all insomnia? Honestly, people, it's... Uh, I don't know what y'all are thinking about there and don't really even care. I'm just trying to, you know what I'm trying to do? There's people on each side of every issue. When somebody announces their candidacy, there's people that are automatically, you don't even need to see an advertisement. Somebody that's well-known announces their candidacy. There's a big bunch going to say, I'm voting for that person. And there's a big bunch that I would never vote for that criminal guy. I hate that guy. He's just a sack of manure to me. But what I'm what but then there's the wobblers, there's, there's the fence sitters, there's the in betweeners, there's the tweeners. What we're after are the tweeners, and that's what I'm after because we don't need everybody to get on board to go back to our roots. Remember that book? Some of you old people remember Roots, right? That slavery movie. Well, I'm into going back to our roots, our foundational roots of of uh, this nation exalting Jesus. And uh, people uh, basing the uh, laws of this nation on the Bible, right? And the Constitution, uh, we're sticking. It's not a living document. It's a document that we're following as long as we're a country. If you want to change the document, go down there and crank out another country somewhere else. In fact, all you Hollywood people and everything that love Venezuela and Cuba, I don't know why there's there, there isn't a dusty trail and flights just smoking, landing you all down there in Venezuela and Cuba to live down there. If you want socialism so bad, just like instead of these, you know that what I noticed, the caravans keep coming north. They never go south. And I'm saying, why don't, if everybody's wanting socialism so bad and the, the uh, health care system and the beans and rice are so fantastic down there, just why wouldn't the caravans be going south? I just can't. It's it's a puzzling thing to me. People, like I, I went over to this. I was in New York one time and Queens, and we were doing some work with the homeless on the streets at night. It was in the winter time. It was awful cold. And but it came. We were there for the weekend, and one of the guys said that was working there at the New York School of Urban Ministry in Queens. He said, "Hey, you got any plans for Sunday?" I said, "I didn't." So he said. Any of you guys want to go to this really cool church in Harlem? And I said, I'm interested. So we got on the subway, went over there, and uh, we sat through this church service over there, which was quite a, a really good experience. So I afterwards, they were, there's a black, primarily a black congregation, so they had a big luncheon in the basement. And so we went down in the basement and had some chicken. And uh, I sat next to the pastor, and I was asking him questions about the church. I said, how did you get this whole block of property in the center of, center of Harlem, New York? He said, Lou, it was an abandoned junior junior uh, high school that, uh, this, you know, all the, all the families moved out of Harlem. It got gnarly here, and they all moved out. And so all there was was derelicts and uh, old rundown businesses. So we got the whole block, all block of buildings, if you— if you live around Yuba Sutter and you know Marysville High School, just multiply that, all those old buildings over those brick, beautiful brick buildings by five times and fill up a whole block of a city. I mean, there were two gyms, there were theaters, or, you know, like, it was cool. Anyway, I said, well, how to get started? He said, well, you know, we, we came here and we took this thing over. People were constantly coming, wanting to come to the church, but it was always winter or closed. They were breaking in to get the money out of the vending machines. So he said, we always had people wanted to join us. They wanted to come in at the wrong time. 
I don't know what you've thought about that, but I've, I've, and I never forgot that conversation. And, and so working, working with street people, I get a kick out of that, but that's what's happening to America. People are trying to kick in the doors to get in here, to get something, to get the money out of the vending machine. That's what's happened. Whether they're coming in, flying in, flying in illegally, illegal documents, flying in in small planes, floating in on rafts. Or coming across the uh, coming across the border, there are just thousands and thousands and thousands of them coming in. When you look at the numbers, it's incredible. And what do the Democrats want to do? They want to eliminate ICE and Homeland Security. I I don't know whether you're a dem. I don't know what you are out there, but if you're a Democrat, honestly, people, do you do you even have any cells that line up with critical thinking? In other words, thinking where you process thing, good process thinking. You can take a course out at Yuba College. Anyway, um, you can see what the impact. These people, this there's a move on when you add up all the different things they want to do. Free education, free this. They want to have all government forced kids, government control, no private schools, no charter school. They want to eliminate it. This is all, it's a communist operation. When you look at you add it all up, it's just a straight up communist operation. And but people are coming here not because it, it's communist or socialist, but because it's they don't know what it is. They just see things are much better over there, right? It's like the gal that I I show her film in in the jail. She was raised by two heroin addicts in the Bronx. They both got HIV and died. And she said when we were kids watching our parents tie off and shoot up every day. She said we'd walk down the tenement. There was a six-story tenement. We'd walk down and we'd smell each door to see what the best smell was, and we'd knock on the door and see if we could eat. She had no idea that life wasn't supposed to be that way. She just thought the smell was good, so they needed some food because they are tired of eating toothpaste and ice cubes. So people coming to this country, they have no clue. That's why we had immigration process. They learn about the history. How did we end up here? When you have no sense of history, you'll end up with a vehicle without an owner's manual, drive the sucker over a cliff and not put any oil in it, and end up, it'll end up being junk in your backyard, which is the definition of Oliver and Linda out here. Anyway, people, it's a problem, and but it's uh, Don Trump is on the move, and, and the, the, the fact I have never seen the type of bitterness and fury and people that can't even see straight to sort anything out. If he says he was going to give $10,000 to every far liberal, they would they would want to kill him over that. I always said if there was a cure. In fact, I told this to the, the Board of Supervisors of Yuba County. I said if we had a cure, to, if, if we brought you a cure to cancer, you'd have a problem with it because they were so blinded. It's amazing. The the spiritual blindness in this country shows that there's warfare going on. If, if you've got a clue about this, all you have to do is read the Bible. It's loaded with spiritual warfare and demonic stuff and angel, angelic stuff. If you look at the amount of – can you imagine – do you see what's going on, on Facebook? Videos of people, you put on a, a red cap that just has M-A-G on it, and you'll get yourself so- shocked. You'll get yourself beat up. You'll get yourself poured. They'll dump stuff on. They'll spit on you because you got a red cap on. Is that bizarre or what? 
Or if you go to a Trump rally, you haven't done anything to anybody. You'd be the nicest person in the world. And people will come and beat up on you. It's just the craziest thing. That's demonic, people. You got a clue? That is demonic. I don't care whether you're Democrat, communist. When you have people that just come up and attack you because you talk a certain way or you have a certain belief or you have a certain clothing on, that is demonic. That's not normal. That's nor- That's abnormal. When you have people that go and they just walk up to a police officer and shoot him in the back of the head, that's demonic, people. When you, you know, everywhere, the, the demonic, the adversaries in the spiritual realm are always trying to undermine authority. When you see people that hate authority and are undermining it, that's demonic. Whether they're trying to hate their parents, they hate any kind of authority figures, it's demonic. And to see this amount of demonic activity because Trump's there, and we have Christian supposedly pastors. Well, you know, he just really gets on my nerves. I think, you know what really gets on my nerve? Pastors get on my nerves. Oh, my God. They are such a bunch of sissies. They, can't, they will lead their con- congregation over the cliff, over the cliff spiritually and physically. Over the cliff, they can't. They, oh, well, we never could register people. Oh, well, you know that's just not our. That's not what we're supposed to do. Well, we you know we could never talk about who to vote for. No, that that's uh, you know we're just about Jesus. All right, we're going to take another break, and uh, we're halfway through here today. And uh, this is about charter schools. It's very interesting. John Stossel, one of my favorite guys, is talking about charter schools. And he's, if, if you need this clip link, uh, shoot me an email because this clip, these are all black youngsters, black boys, uh, looking at about maybe middle school, and they are knocking the hide off the ball intellectually because of this charter school. Okay, which Obama hated and all the liberals hate, hate, hate because they're they're all being grabbed by the testicles by the unions. Be right back. America's schools spend lots of money, but often barely educate kids. Our public schools are failing. Philadelphia's failing public school district. I went to the neighborhood school. Elaine Wells is a mom in Philadelphia. There were fights after school every day. It was horrible. So she walked her son to another school. We went to go enroll, and we were told, you know, can't go here. That was my wake-up call. She discovered that although with most services, we get to shop around, that's not true for so-called public schools. Instead, parents are often stuck with the school the government assigns them. But a new kind of school has been changing that, charter schools. It's funded with taxpayer money, but Hardy gets to run it largely like a private school. In Philadelphia, David Hardy created a charter he calls Boys Latin. It tries new ideas. People in government-run schools don't like to change. They also don't like competition from charters. But charters are often better, and parents line up 
hoping to get their kids admitted. A lottery will decide which students will stay or go. This lottery was in New York. Congratulations! The winners are ecstatic, but there are many more losers. You're on pins and needles and you're hoping and you're praying. And the charter school lottery left thousands of Philadelphia students disappointed last night. It's like, you don't have a chance. Elaine's kids lost many lotteries. It's heartbreaking. But finally, they were admitted to David Hardy's school. Shirts are tucked in. Yep. That's important to you. Yep. And the kids, they don't mind it. Of course they mind it. They're teenage <laughs> boys. The rules are there to, to kind of set the stage for the students. If the teacher can tell you to tuck in their shirt, they can tell you to be quiet in class, they can tell you to do your homework. It gives us some authority over the kids. Elaine was so eager for her sons to attend, she arranged to have Ibrahim repeat the sixth grade. I bet you didn't like that. <laughs> no, not at all. That's when I really, that was the moment where I most despised Boys Latin in every possible way. But their attitudes quickly changed. Before Boys Latin, I would come home and say, okay, I need you to read for an hour, read a book. And their response would be, why? What did we do? Like, reading was a punishment. Was a punishment. Right. So... Getting into boys' Latin, I would find books in the bathroom, on the floor. It came to the point where the teacher would tell our mom that I've taken too many books. And then there were the strange nighttime phone calls. He's in his room, and I hear him talking on the phone, and it was like 10 o'clock at night. And I'm like, you know, who are you on the phone with? And he was like, well, Mr. Bumbolski told me to call him if I needed help with homework. You thought he was bothering the teacher? Yes. Yes. Another change was the kids spending more time in school. They're here from 8 a.m. to often 5 p.m. And they have to take Latin. It's ridiculous. Nobody speaks Latin. Well, we picked Latin because it was hard. What's the point of that? Well, because life is hard. And because in order to be prepared, you have to work hard. And we wanted to get that into the psyche of our students. Do you feel sorry for your friends who are still bit. stuck in yeah. the old... It's kind of sad because I'm looking at him like why like what you mean you're you're taking algebra one in senior year you're supposed to be taking pre-calc we delivered since the very first class we've sent more black boys to college than any high school in Pennsylvania and yet now Philadelphia and many other cities are rejecting new charter applications Philadelphia rejected David Hardy's plan to open a girls Latin you're succeeding and they're trying to kill you off. Because they realize that if we continue to take children away, they won't have jobs. Most studies on charters find increases in test scores. Kids don't learn as well in most government-run schools. There's always a reason in a government-run school for not serving kids. They, and they'll, they'll tell you what's wrong with the kid. They never say, it's my fault. Instead, some students are going to march for more funding. The government schools say they need more money. Members of the Philadelphia Teachers Union to push for more funding. More funds? Get this. Philly schools already spend almost $19,000 per child. Do the math. That's almost half a million dollars per classroom. Where does the money go? They have a director of special ed and they have a assistant director of special ed, they have a director of high school athletics, and they have an assistant. <laughs> and they have all these, a lot of overhead. To preserve their jobs, government teachers now say this. The publicly funded, privately managed charter school drain scarce resources from other public schools. Drain public funds. You, you can't tell me that charter schools are taking funding from public schools. 
every parent pays taxes. And it's the taxes that we pay that fund the school system. So if my child, if I choose for my child to go to a charter school, then that's where my taxes should go. That makes sense. But Philadelphia and other cities don't even give charters the same amount of money they give to schools they control. They give them less. In Philadelphia, only 70% of that. So the government schools make money whenever a kid leaves for a charter. Over 13 years of schooling, Philadelphia saves $70,000 per child. What if they gave you the difference? Yes, absolutely give the rest of the money. But it would also mean that there would be a whole lot less union jobs. And the union's not going to be for that. There are bad charters. But bad charters close. Bad public schools don't close. That's a big difference. When charters don't deliver for kids, they go out of business. The government monopoly never goes out of business. Darling, you got to let me know. Should I stay or should I go? If you say that you are mine, I'll be here till the end of time. So you got to let me know. All right, here we go again. We're into our second half, and uh, I want to mention a couple of our sponsors before we get any farther here today. And uh, one of them is uh, Monty Hecker, who was one of the first. There's a couple of guys that came on early with us to say, "Hey, when we were doing radio, uh, we want to help you and uh, contribute to the message and what you're doing." So, Elite Universal Security in Yuba County, which uh, they serve all Northern California, north, uh, even just below Sacramento, all the way up into Oregon, various cities providing security for businesses and government <clears throat> and individuals. And so they're always looking for good workers, and they'll train you. They, have, they actually train pe- people and take them through the uh, concealed weapons permit training, range training. So if you want to get a concealed weapons permit, they'll help you. But if you want to go to work and be a guard. You can be a male or female. Uh, I think you just have to be 18 to start taking their courses and they'll be training you. Uh, Again, some of their courses are online. Some are in their offices here in in Yuba County, south of Marysville. You can reach them at 530-749-0280. It's 530-749-0280. You can go to their website at api-academy.com. Tells you all their trainings. It tells you all about their business, how you can connect, how the courses you could take, the opportunity. If you need some money to take some of the courses, they'll tell you where to get some funding. So, uh, but Monty Hecker has been a huge help to keep us on the air. And, uh, and so we like to promote him. We believe in him. And he does a lot of great work around our area, Yuba Sutter counties. But as I mentioned, they have jobs up in Butte County, Shasta County, uh, down below Sacramento. So give them a shout if you're looking for work. I see I see help wanted signs everywhere. And uh, Monty was a big. Uh, he's he's politically active. He's a retired veteran, and he's very interested in uh, patriotism and the, the United States doing well. <clears throat> and he was a uh, coordinator for the repeal Prop 6, or sorry, the Prop 6 repeal of the gas tax, that SB1 gas tax the legislature put upon us. 
And, uh, in fact, people like uh, the leaders of Yuba County uh, opposed Prop 6, which would have repealed the gas tax. That gives us the highest gas taxes, the highest DMV fees in the United States. We're paying sometimes 10 times for the same car you have uh, registered, say, in Texas. It's like 10 times the cost to register it here. And uh, so Monty helped organize the repeal of Prop 6, but people like Supervisor Gary Bradford was a big uh, proponent to oppose, uh, a proponent to oppose Prop 6, to raise all our gas taxes, to raise our DMV fees. He's running for supervisor out in Sutter County. He's a big proponent of, of Measure K that raised our sales taxes by 1%. Uh, Gary Bradford has ne- he claims to be a conservative, but he never has met a tax he didn't like. He embraces all the school bonds, uh, just hands down. He doesn't re- do his research. He's a pretty ignorant guy. They say he's an IT guy, but in terms of public policy, uh, you know, when they had a um, they had a school bond out at Plumas Lake, and so when they they want to build more classrooms and stuff or improve the school, you think well maybe. The school's full. When we did our research, we found that there were five 500 seats, empty seats in the school. So we said, well, why don't you fill the school, then build some modulars, then talk about building on. You know, a lot of schools do fine. The modulars are cool. They're cheap. You can set them up. They're very nice. Uh, they're used all over the place instead of having bonds. But, but without even thinking whether they were at full capacity, Bradford just, just knee-jerk. He's a knee-jerk guy, right? And uh, he's a big talker. As I say, he's the gift that keeps on giving with his blabbermouth. And so uh, Joe Henderson's finally going to run against him. And uh, Joe's been a farmer, businessman, city councilman down from the Wheatland area. So anyway, uh, Monty Hecker uh, has been really involved politically and has helped us on many different campaigns. So if you need some help with your security uh, issues, that would be a p- good place to go. He's an honorable man. And also, uh, if you want to get a job, you can go there. Also, Dave Green, it's construction, Green ETZ, Greenettes Construction. Um, they do good work. You know, I've known them for four, known Dave and his wife for 40 years. They just, I've never had somebody come back to me and say, oh, yeah, we had them do that work, that remodel or a kitchen or a bath. Everybody raves about it. They, you know, it's interesting. Even during the big recession, uh, some of my friends that operate reputable businesses, they, business slowed, but they always had business. They worked right through the recession because of their repeat customers. Some people, they don't want repeat customers because, they don't count on repeat customers because they know they do such a horrible job, they're not going to get them. So they're always needing new folks that don't know anything about them. In this case, these guys strut their stuff, green is construction. So if you want to do, you're going to spend ten, twenty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 on a remodel, kitchen, bath, deck, uh, whatever, uh, these guys are going to do primo. It's going to be primo looking. And with the quality Quality everything, quality merchandise, quality materials, quality construction, beautiful. So you can call them at 530-682-9602, But if you're some of the later generations that can't talk, you can only text, and you never really learned how to have a conversation. 
then you can go on their website at greenitzconstruction.com, greenitzconstruction.com, or their Facebook site at Dave Greenitz Construction, and you can check out their work uh, that is all their original work, no Photoshop, no uh, stealing photos off the Internet, but it's actually their work. Uh, their signature, and you can look at it. And if you like it, you can text them, you can phone them, you can email them, uh, and you can be kind of anonymous, and he will actually talk to you. If you call over there and the guy that answered the phone, that would be the boss, the big kahuna. So if you, you end up calling these people that have layer and layer of bureaucracy and you never do get the boss, right? That's not the case here. You're going to talk to the big kahuna right off the bat. So uh, you you will get to know him personally and get a good job done. So let's go on. Let's get back into the issues here. Let's see. Uh, okay. What do we – oh, I wanted to mention that Major K – I don't know why I said this earlier. Major K, which is a 1% sales tax increase in Yuba County. Um, you know, I mentioned how it's such a ripoff in the state of California that if you put a tax on the ballot, the government puts a tax on the ballot and it and it passes, but it's an illegal tax the way they they uh, framed it in ordinance wise. And it's challenged in court, even if you defeat the tax, eventually all the money that's that's collected in between that get they get to keep the government. It's totally a you know, it's a heads I win, tails you lose deal. And so what the what uh, when when Judge Barrier Stephen Barrier, who's a longtime judge in this area, a reputable man, he was an attorney here, became a judge, Superior Court judge. He made a decision that this tax was he invalidated the tax. He said you didn't do it right. He told the county this. Instead of just accepting the decision, they uh, their feelings were hurt. Their ego was hurt. And they appealed that to the appellate court in Sacramento. The problem is, is every month that that goes by waiting for this to come to court, which is no small feat, $10,000 is being taken out of the pockets of Yuba County taxpayers. And so we're approaching $4 million have been taken from Yuba County taxpayers that they'll never get back because these guys would not listen to the voters who the opposition who said you this is you're you're deceiving people the way you're promoting this they said no you you're stupid we're the supervisors we're the brilliant ones we're the ones getting two hundred three hundred thousand dollars a year and so then finally howard jarvis taxpayers association the top one of the it's really one of the top taxpayer defense organizations it's a nonprofit in the country they they came up with the idea of prop 13 which revised our taxing system in California in the 1970s. Anyway, the attorneys down there at Howard Jarvis offered free advice, said rewrite your ordinance. Go ahead and put it on the ballot, but rewrite your ordinance. You have it written wrong. Robert Bendorf, who uh, is the uh, the county administrator, uh, said, thanks, but no thanks. We're not interested in third-party advice. And then they turned around and hired third-party public relations people, third-party attorneys, Alki's third-party people at at the cost of our taxpayers. So what happens? They appeal it, and so February 19th was a deadline for the Yuba County uh, uh, attorneys to submit a brief to the appellate court explaining why Judge Barrier's decision was erroneous. And there was just crickets. 
no brief. So now I guess they'll probably get some kind of continuance and get another 10000 a month and another 10000 a month and another 10000 a month while they didn't follow through properly. It's kind of like you're in jail, right? Or, or, or something happens, somebody takes some money from you and you're going to court, and every time you go there, the guy doesn't show up for court, and they continue it. Oh, well, he couldn't come to court today, so we're having to continue it. He can, couldn't come today, kind of, and you want your money back from the guy. You put a $10,000 deposit, he defrauded you, and you're trying to get your money back, so you keep going to court. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, he's sick today. His mom got run over by a reindeer. You know, you know it's just, and so now they're just jerking people around. So February 19th, they've had months to put a brief together to explain what was also wrong about Judge Barrier's decision. February 19th comes and goes, no brief. All the while, the meter's running. Like last night, I filled up with gas, and I just watched that meter run, 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 get up, up over $30. And I thought of all the pain-in-the-rear politicians when my friend Dan, who moved to Missouri, his his gas is a dollar eighty eight, and my gas was three eighteen last night. His is dollar eighty eight, just because he moved from up in Gridley, used to work and live in Sutter and Yuba County. Then he went to Gridley, worked in farming. Now he's in Missouri, and he sent me a photo of the the gas price on the pole. Said a dollar eighty eight, and I was paying three eighteen. You know, I want you to think about this, people, if you're if you're Californian. Usually the price reflects supply and demand. We just don't have much of that, so the price is high, right? We have, when it comes to fuel, all kinds of fuel, whether it's fuel for uh, power or fuel, whether it's fuel for your car or your, or your uh, industry, we have some of the greatest oil reserves, not in, not in the, the country, but in the world under California and under our ocean. Greatest oil reserves in the entire world. We have – we had some of the greatest nuclear power. We had two nuclear power plants, San Onofre and Mount Di, uh, Diablo in Northern California that they're closing down. We had or have – some of the greatest hydropower, that's water power. We have one here in Yuba County, Bullard's Bar Dam. Uh, we have some of the greatest geothermal, that's heat, you know, steam that, that can produce. And our politicians here that have been running this place for 50 years, it's not, you're not paying a high price. You're not paying, I just saw, I have an article here, I don't know what I'll get to it. Our PG&E prices, PG&E covers part of the state, right? Maybe a third to a half. Our PG&E prices, when you look at the national average on utilities, are two times. In other words, you're, you're, if you're paying a $200 a month, the same utilities in another state would be – same amount of kilowatts or therms would be $100. You're paying twice as much here. It has nothing to do with supply and demand. It has only to do with political policy. We're paying high fuel costs only because political waste and and people saying oil's bad, nasty stuff. It's gonna poison us. Gas, natural gas, is bad, nasty stuff. So people that supposedly are committed to wildlife 
are allowing hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of birds to be chopped to death. Remember? Audubon Society, Sierra Club, all these wonderful people, all concerned about wildlife. No, no, we have to have plenty of water going to the ocean because of the fish. We're, we're chopping birds up as you think about it right now, and even when you want to not think about it. Night and day, those things are chopping up birds, including bald eagles, on down to the pestiest bird like a crow. Just bird blenders, I call them. And we're forcing PG&E to buy power from bird blenders and from solar, which is a very inefficient way to get power, solar, because you can't store it anywhere. There's not enough battery stock. So when the sun ain't out, you ain't got you got you ain't got no power. Solar means you got to have the sun out. Bird blenders work when the wind's going. When it isn't going, no power. The cool thing about hydropower is the water's running going over those uh going over those dams and and turning those wheels and generating electricity. That's Night and day, night and day, night and day, night and day, night and day. And nuclear is making it all the time as well. And when you have coal fire or uh, fossil fuel fire, you're you got an incredible supply of that. But we all. So what I'm saying is that the high prices we're paying two and three times as much for gas. We're paying two times as much for this is all a Venezuela move. It's the state of California. What did Venezuela do? They took over the utilities. What is Gavin Newsom doing? They're taking over the utilities. Do you think the utilities got in the predicament they got into all on their own? Absolutely not. The state of California is regulating and running those utilities. They tell them not only the price that they can charge, but where they can buy it from and how much they have to pay for the the raw material and the utilities. And they tell them, we can't use fossil fuel. You got to get rid of your nuclear and you got to get rid of your eventually hydro. So who's running the utility PG&E or the state of California? Who's running utility in Venezuela, Maduro or Chavez, ex Chavez, Chavez dropped dead. Chavez bought out all the utilities or not took them over, didn't buy them out, took over the oil industry. Venezuela, they say, has the biggest oil reserves in the world. And today they are importing gas for you and all of us. That means they have to bring it in from next door because they don't they're Everything's so screwed up there. They fired all the people that knew what they were doing and they substitute political appointees that didn't know how to even make a hamburger. It's crazy, people, but that's what's going on in our country. And in the only way to fix it, and a lot of you just don't get it. In fact, you know, my my latest uh, anger binge is the church. People go to church, whine, 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 whine. Oh, my God, they took prayer out of the public school. Oh, my God, they, they you know, we, we, we can't have Christmas. And yet they don't vote. They don't eliminate these people. I want you to think about this. A lot of you Christians never even voted for Trump. Just we voted and we changed one position in the entire country pretty radically. We got rid of politicians and got a, a guy that just had on a mission, a mission from God that I call. Just one guy. And look at the change that's happened. 
just by one key person changing that person to somebody that that's independent of the swamp. Sometimes we think the swamp is in Washington. You know, we got a big old funky swamp right here in Yuba Sutter counties. And I bet where you're living up there, whether you're living in Washington or Oregon or Missouri <clears throat> or down there in Texas or Nevada, you got yourself a swamp. We got people in there that are trying to undermine their traitors to the United States of America. They are not there to support the ne- the president, no matter who it is. They're there to uh, present an agenda. They've gotten so powerful through the unions, the federal employee union, the state employee, they got so powerful that they are there to push their agenda regardless of who's in the White House or who's in the governor's office. They have taken over, essentially taken over the country. And so when I hear that a bunch of them want to quit, I just say, hey, let me help you clean your desk out. And please don't ever come back and and re-up. Just get Get out, get out quickly because they need to go and uh, or drop dead or retire something. Right. Sometimes you just hope you just get, you just need them out. They got a stench about them. All right. We're going to be uh, right back. Let's see. We got a couple more segments here to go. It seemed like a long show today to me. I don't know whether I'm just anxious. Um uh, so this is a clip says most Americans say they're better off now than before Trump's election. So where is the apocalypse? Here we go. You should like this. All right. Be right back. There must be some kind of way out of here. Said a joker to the thief. There's too much confusion. Nearly two in three Americans now say that their lives are better off now than they were before Donald Trump was elected president, including record high numbers who report having more satisfaction in their personal lives and more confidence in the U.S. economy, which, if you haven't heard, is doing gangbusters, which honestly is just the strangest thing. Because, see, if I recall correctly, weren't we all promised an apocalypse? According to the latest Gallup poll, a record 61% of Americans say that they are better off now than they were three years ago. That's higher than any percentage three years into a first-term presidency in the last couple decades. For example, three years into Bush Sr., Clinton, and George H.W. Bush, only 50% of all Americans said they were better off than they were before the election. Three years into Obama's first term, that number dropped to 45%. But today... Nearly two-thirds of Americans, including many Democrats, say that their lives are better now than they were before Trump was elected. A record 90% said that they are more satisfied with their personal lives than they were three years ago. 52% say it's easier for them to go and buy things in the stores now than it was in 2016. Confidence in the U.S. economy is at its highest point since 2000, while the number of Americans who say that the economy is our greatest problem is at a record low. 401ks and retirement accounts have reached record highs. And see, this is all incredibly weird because here I thought we were all supposed to be dead by now, right? Dead as doorknobs. Trump was supposed to bungle all our foreign policy and ISIS was supposed to have already raised flags over Kansas. 
Then pulling out of the Paris Agreement was going to do us all in and we'd be choking on our own smog and drinking dirty coal runoff from our kitchen sinks. Or we'd all be trying to swim out of Manhattan and L.A., which were supposed to be giant coral reefs by now. Isn't that what we were told? See, which is funny because carbon dioxide emissions in the U.S. actually fell about 3% last year, according to the latest annual study from the International Energy Agency. In fact, global carbon emissions flatlined globally for the first time in years because our carbon reduction was so great, it actually offset the increases from countries like China and India. And all of that was without any trillion-dollar global wink and a handshake. Net neutrality was supposed to kill us all, remember? Haven't heard about that one in a while. North Korea was supposed to nuke everyone. Millions of women should have keeled over since Planned Parenthood chose abortion over health care and pulled out of the Title X program. Trump's tax cuts were going to send us all into the poorhouse. And then nixing the individual mandate under Obamacare, that was going to do us all in, remember? And wasn't Russia supposed to have taken over everything by now? That's what we were told. Where's the apocalypse that we were all promised? Where are the bodies in the streets and the people wailing in sackcloth and ashes? Where are the handmaids? Have we shoved all the gay people back into their closets yet? Can women even still vote? See, this is what happens when you've got a media and a left-wing peanut gallery that has nothing better to do with their time than scream hyperboles and predict doom and gloom because they're still cheesed about losing an election. Because they want so bad for this country to fail if their guy isn't the one at the top. They spent three years rambling on and on about every possible apocalyptic scenario and not a single one of them has come true. But this is what happens when you've got a president who doesn't care. Who pulls out of bad deals and pushes policy that drives a better economy for everyone. Who doesn't care what your skin color is or what gender you are, but he does care whether you can put money in your pocket. You end up with a record high number of Americans who say that their lives are better today than they were three years ago because actions speak a lot louder than whining. So now I guess the real question is, what do you want to be saying three years from now? I see people driving around here with blinders on as if this doesn't exist well i don't have blinders on we got people here these are people look at the way they're living they're suffering they need help welcome to Schiff's los angeles welcome to 20 plus years of adam schiff in congress you're looking at families you're looking at kids you're looking at parents we need to roll up our sleeves and do everything possible to get these people off the streets and stop this growing epidemic that's going on in Los Angeles right now. Skid Row used to be the homeless capital of Los Angeles. Gangs run these encampments. They've made it almost impossible for law enforcement to get in here. Adam Schiff has been on a witch hunt for the last two years, spending tens of millions of dollars of taxpayer money. Look at what's been going on on Adam Schiff's watch. And he hasn't done anything about this. And the politicians are just letting it happen. They're hoping by some miracle it'll just disappear. Well, it's not going to disappear. It's time for a non-politician who has spent his career fighting for people, fighting for his clients, to fight for these people, to fight for everybody. I want to be one of the voices for the voiceless, and you're looking at the voiceless here. I'm running for Congress, not just to stop this shift, and I do want to stop him, but to make public safety our top priority. 
secure our borders, cut these dreadful taxes, and put Americans first. I'm Eric Early, and I'm tired of this shit. I approve this message because Washington politicians like Adam Schiff have been taking advantage of all of us long enough. Let's straighten it out. Let's straighten it out. Let's straighten it out. Let's straighten it out. For the last five nights. All right, I'm not getting very far today down my list. I'm just getting, I think I'm getting wordy or something. I'm kind of losing it a little bit. Uh, let's see. So I mentioned to you about PG&E. I won't, won't go through the whole article. PG&E's demise is some of their own. They say, oh, we're our, you know, when you hear somebody like say like this, uh, let's see, P, PG&E monopoly covers 40% of California's population, prices double the national average, and rising. In fact, PG&E says the prices are rising because they're bankrupt. The reason they're bankrupt, if you have the government come in and try to run your business, your business will be bankrupt too. T-O-O, not T-W-O, T-O-O, too, also. The more government gets involved in running your business, the more difficult you're going to have to make a profit. And in socialism, profit is evil. So they don't care about your profit. In fact, if you go out of business, they'd just blame it all on you. They, they all run for the hills. They're like cockroaches when you turn the light on. They all run inside the toaster. <laughs> That's what they do, right? I, in fact, I lived, when I went to move to Sacramento with a bunch of my friends to go to college, we lived in a tenement building down the prostitution area at 5th and T up in several floors. We used to have women come in and want rent rooms from us to have a time for the night for their clients. And I'd never seen cockroaches. My mother had a really clean house, so we never had a mouse or a cockroach. So we had both here. And I noticed when there were these little bugs all over the counter when you turn the light on at night. And I thought, whoa, what are those? They'd been there fast. And then when you went to use the toaster one day and a mouse jumped right out of the toaster, I thought, I'm not used to this type of lifestyle. But that's what's going on when, when things when the government sees things blow up, everybody points at each other, right? Oh, it's, yeah, well, you know, what happened in the housing crisis, right? The housing bubble. I can't, I don't have time to get into all that. But the, the head of PG&E is so full of baloney. He says, "Our when you hear this, you know these people are so full of themselves. Our commitment is to keep customer cost as low as possible. Unbelievable. These people... Who do they, they, they just count on enough people being under the influence of heroin and methamphetamines and not give a crap. Uh, but he's, it says there is some cost increases. I think they should have said there are some, but it says this is, this is, this is a statement from the top monopoly in the country, the utility monopoly, and they can't even get the verb right. It says there is some cost increases. I said, are you from like Oklahoma where my mama was born? You can't get the verb lined up. There is some cost increases that will come to the consumer that were planned before the bankruptcy was declared. 
This was Bill Johnson, head of PG&E, talking at a U.S. Senate hearing in December. We're going to have a hearing to figure out how they got all screwed up. Talk California got them screwed up. That's one place. And then, then we got PG&E got all caught up in the homosexual business. Did you know that? PG&E, when, remember when we were, had propositions on the ballot to, to solidify or affirm or confirm the definition of what marriage was? It didn't say men couldn't put their penises in somebody's butt. It just says marriage is between a man and a woman. If you want to, like, live together and have a will that says Billy is going to give Johnny all his stuff if he drops dead on the way home, you can have that. You can have all those benefits. Nobody's telling you you couldn't have sex with a guy or sex with a dog or sex with a cow or whatever or sex with an inflatable dummy or a doll. It didn't say that. It just says marriage is between a man and a woman. What was that based on? It was based on the Bible at one time. And so PG&E donated $250,000 of our ratepayer money to defeat the proposition to say that. And they lost. They lost the 250000 and they lost the proposition. But because the judges are all rigged here, they're corrupt, the judges said, we're going to throw the whole thing out. We didn't come out the way we wanted, so it was just like a bad recipe. We'll just throw that out and we'll start fresh. That happened twice. All right, so let me let me pick and choose something that's what I got left here. And uh, I'm just, uh, oh, by the way, Measure C. Measure C, we've been talking a lot about for a few months. Measure C is a big bond issue, going to borrow over $200 million again for Yuba College. They haven't even used or paid back the previous bonds they got in 2006 and now they want 200 and I think, I don't know, 12 million or something. And the payback on it is like $400 million. Do you know that one of the bonds that they floated back after 2006, the payback was $12 for every $1. Now, back in the day, that was called loan sharking or mafia money, right? I used to borrow money to use it to buy drugs. Like I'd buy a few thousand dollars, and then we go out and buy, and then we make profit on it, give the money back, right? We'd borrow money, but it was not from a bank, just off the streets. People had money, and uh, but but the money, the the interest was was reasonable. They were more honorable than the government, and so this was the Yuba College buried, and some of the Brent Hasty. One of the supervisors told me he got all mad because I wrote a letter to the editor of the Appeal Democrats saying how ridiculous it was and what a sh- what a sham it was to bury the the citizens of Yuba County and their whole district, the other counties, Sutter and the rest of them, with all this debt to pay for this new campus in Sutter County. It's like, by God, we're going to buy that thing even if it costs us a bajillion dollars. So they spent a bajillion dollars, more than it was worth. And he got all upset at me. And I said, he said, it doesn't matter how much it costs. I said, oh, it does to me. I'm a, I'm a taxpayer. It, it matters to me. It, it's nice building, but it matters how much it costs. It's interesting government. People just, they, they don't think it's our money. They think it's their money. 
And it doesn't matter what it costs because they can just come back and get some more from you. And so here's what's happened. This thing now has gone way beyond Measure C, how ridiculous this is, right? Because once, if this Measure C passes, that means on the homeowners of all the district of Yuba County, of Yuba College, they're going to owe about $700 million. That's almost a billion dollars, folks, for little old Yuba College. But here's the scariest thing. You know what's happened is as we've looked into it, you know what we found? The administration building, like I, I attended Yuba College. I've attended it a few different times. The administration building at the front of the campus is it's there, but no one's there. People have left. Instead of remodeling that building and remaining there on campus with the students, all the administrators moved into what they call the palace nowadays down on Pluma Street at uh, over three hundred thousand dollars a year, and I don't think it. I don't think the lease ends till two twenty six. They bought all new furniture, all all new phone systems, all new everything, technology, everything, and moved all over there. And they abandoned the front. Then they they're abandoning one building after another at Yuba College, and they've never declared that. We've stumbled into it by talking to people at Yuba College, and they say, "Well, we just they instead of fixing the buildings up, right? You know, it's kind of like." Uh, if you own a home, my home is uh, older than Yuba College, but my home has been, it's still here and it's in good shape. There's no mold in it. The roof's not leaking. Uh, the walls are solid. It's got a paint. It's My house is in better condition than Yuba College, but I didn't get millions of dollars. I just live here. And so I took care of it. So when the roof leaked, I repaired the roof. I, f- I put a new roof on. When the siding leaked, I fixed the siding. When they need a paint job, I fixed the paint. When the hot water heater went out, I fixed it. We don't have any mold in the house here. But at Yuba College, they just let it go. Where did the money go, do you think? The money went for egregious salaries. Where you have two and three administrators. We got the top guy, the assistant, the assistant to the assistant, the executive secretary. Start off making $300,000 a year, then a little bit less, a little bit less. And you pay, pay people, we can't afford to pay them that. In a business, if you can't afford to pay a certain salary, you have to forego those employees or uh, get an agreement that they'll work for less if you're going to stay in business. So what they did out there is they just kept paying all these people fantastic salaries and pensions and let the buildings go. Because why? How could you let the buildings go? Do you think the students had nowhere to go to classes then? Maybe there is a problem getting classes. But if there's not a need for those buildings, then maybe we should shut down the whole school. In Harlem, my friend who is a pastor there of an entire abandoned junior high school that's now a big ministry operation, they no longer needed that school, so they abandoned the school. If people, somebody said to me the other day, they had a, they went to San Francisco. And they, when they went down there, they had a, their little child with them. And because San Francisco is almost void of children anymore, by the way, if you put your penis in somebody's butt, you do not end up with a child. Did you re- realize that? So what's happening is there's no need for a lot of the schools down in San Francisco anymore. 
And people were just starstruck by this toddler that was in San Francisco. I forget who was telling me this. And everybody wanted to go look at the toddler and talk to the toddler because it was it was a novelty item in San Francisco. Because basically, families can't even afford to live there, even if they wanted to, even if they're working for a dot-com place. Isn't it crazy? You, you see what weird social engineering and weird living, perverted living gets you? So... Anyway, let, let me move on here. Uh, all right. Let's see. Oh, I, I, I talked about the a little bit about. Let me just tell you what's going on with this. Let, let me do my final ad. Then I'm going to get into some other stuff. Uh, I want to talk to you about the plumbing doctor. I've had them over recently. Wear and tear around here, leaking toilets that don't sit straight anymore, rock back and forth like a rocking chair. That's a bad sign. You sit on the toilet and the thing's on the move. Say, stay, stay in one place, why don't you? Anyway, they've been over here. Plumbing doctor, they serve you in Sutter Counties. They'll come out in the middle of the night or in the middle of the day, whatever you want. They'll fix you up. They'll, and they're not going to just move in and camp at your house they get stuff done so you can reach them at 530-671-9111 just think of 911 but just add a one to it 530-671-9111 and they'll uh, everybody's got plumbing needs right if you turn on the water it doesn't come out hot water doesn't work something all of a sudden you see there's wet spot something hole in some pipe or something or some animal chewed through some pipe or cold weather somebody says getting down around the 30s water line breaks terrible i want to talk about the uh, public school system and uh, the public school system in america started out by mainly homeschooling and then they would hire a teacher and but the school was was uh, schools were uh, directed by parents and parents were uh, for the most part had a godly influence a lot of the uh, studying was they wanted to know the. They wanted their kids to know the three R's because beginning a lot of people weren't literate, right? So they thought, hey, my kids can go places if they get reading, writing, arithmetic, right? And so, uh, but that changed when a guy named Horace Mann, who was a humanit- humanist and socialist, and he wanted to to force feed all the kids into public schools. What they have a public school system, Horace Mann. And um, there's a great article. It's uh, in the opinion page on the Epic Times, February 13th through the 19th, how John Dewey used public education to subvert liberty. So when you had Christians, uh, when you have Bible-believing people teaching, that's the they're going to teach about freedom because God, if you have any rights, human rights, those come from God, and freedom – God, if you look through the Bible, you just see over and over again, God came to set the captives free. There's a, the magic word here is free, 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 free. So, But socialism and communism is just the opposite. What they want is control, and they want to organize, control, and manage the population like you would a flock of sheep. Uh, so it says here, by the time... That uh, John Dewey, 
died in 1952, the public school system, the government education system, was a well-oiled collectivist, that's a socialist, machine that would obliterate American, uh, America's religious, intellectual, and political heritage more effectively than any forced force previously imagined. So what the Bible and early educators produced in America was an education that was based in spirituality. It was strongly intellectual and uh, and it had and it taught the political heritage in the United States. So what they found was that people could read, write, and do arithmetic. It set them free to be independent thinkers. But the new thinking in these progressive, what they call progressive or communist or liberal or democratic socialists, was just the opposite. We want to keep people stupid. We want to keep people. We don't want to make them. If you wonder how come our kids can't read, it's purposeful people. Because they don't want them to be able to educate themselves and be knowledgeable. How come our kids can't write? I've met college at graduates out of Chico State that were, I could write better when I was in the seventh grade, honestly, back in the day. So Dewey, John Dewey, who's known as the father of progressive education, that's communist education, uh, now has more than 85% of American children in the grip of government educators, which is horrible. They don't teach the Constitution. They want to teach you that your kid may be a homosexual, a heterosexual, some of both, or, some, or neither, and something else, right? They want, to, they want to teach your kids all about sexuality, being transgender, be able to go out and give a transgender operation without even your, your consent. I mean, it's, it's just, to, you know, listen, people, it's totally off the chart. So I'm going to blast through this because I want you to see that you need to pull your kids out of public education and even get them into a private charter school. So there's guys like Horace Mann. You could look him up. Horace Mann was one of the beginners, and Robert Owen, they're communists, and they, they thought, hey, uh, let's take over this country and we'll use educating the kids, and we want to teach them a collectivist mindset. That means they are not intellectuals. They're not creating intellectuals. They're co- What's a collectivist mindset? That is like teaching kids, scaring the hell out of them to think that global warming is going to kill them, and so they just panic. It's, all, it's called propaganda. They can't think for themselves. They just repeat what they've been told. Uh So Dewey, Mann, and Owen dedicated themselves with a missionary zeal to the cause of education reform. They wanted to twist the education system to create a new society, and it was not going to be a Christian society. They were all anti-God people. They were anti-private uh, enterprise free will capitalism. They were anti that. They wanted to put people back on collectivist farms, just like China had. They were communes and everybody worked together. So check this out. In in his important 1898 essay called The Primary Education Fetish, Dewey argued strongly against then heavy emphasis on reading, 
writing, and arithmetic in the younger years. It produced highly literate. Listen, listen what this, folks, you got to get this. When, when we in an education system, wherever your kids are, even if they're homeschooled, when we focus on reading, writing, and arithmetic, what do we get? We get really sharp kids who can read, they, they can debate, they're independent thinkers, they're individualists with faith in God and freedom. When you take away strong reading, writing, arithmetic, and, and teaching people how to think, not what to think, but how to think, it produces independent-minded individualists with faith in God and freedom. But they didn't want that. What they wanted was some kids that were moldable and conducive to a collectivist utopia. So Dewey, though he failed as a teacher, ended up being appointed by the Roosevelts to a high education position in this country and uh, let me take a break. We're at the break. Then we'll finish this on the backside in the final segment here today. And I'll wrap this up. And uh, let me see if I can get my mouse. I got a mouse on the table here to tell me what to do. I take it one day at the time just to say this is were bad for mocking conservatives as a bunch of redneck morons who can't even read a map, get ready for this one. Apparently, Mike Bloomberg thinks that farmers are stupid, and the media elites are now saying that Trump wasted tax dollars by acknowledging NASCAR fans. Because this, this is what the left thinks of you. chose to skip the Iowa caucus, given that former New York City Mayor Mike Bloomberg apparently thinks that farmers and manufacturers all across America lack brain power. In a clip that's just now circulating online, Bloomberg told students at Oxford's business school back in 2016 that anybody can be a farmer, but that it takes a lot more gray matter to think and analyze. Check it out. I could teach anybody, even people in this room, so no offense intended, to, to be a farmer. You, it's a process. You dig a hole, you put a seed in, you put dirt on top, add water, up comes the corn. Then we had 300, you could learn that. Then, then um, you have 300 years of the industrial society. Uh, you put the piece of metal on the lathe, you turn the crank in the direction of the arrow, and you can have a job. And, and we created a lot of jobs. One point. 98% of the world worked in, uh, in agriculture today. It's 2% in the United States. Uh, now comes the information economy. And the information economy is fundamentally different because it's built around replacing people with technology. And the skill sets that you have to learn are how to think and analyze. And that is a whole degree level different you have to have a different skill set. You have to have a lot more gray matter. And you know, this is hardly the first time that a liberal has insulted everyday people, particularly those that they don't want to acknowledge or understand. Hillary Clinton famously called them deplorables. And what 
half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables. Don Lemon and company mocked them as a bunch of slack-jawed yokels too stupid to learn how to spell. This is, you know, an, an administration defined by ignorance of the world. And so that's partly him playing to their base and playing to their audience, uh, you know, the, the, the credulous boomer rube demo that backs Donald Trump um, that, that wants to think that, that, that Donald Trump's a smart one and they're, oh, y'all, y'all, y'all elitists are dumb. <laughs> you, you elitists with your geography and your maps and your spelling, even though my... Your math and your reading. Yeah, your reading, you know. Your geography, knowing other countries. When Donald Trump took the time to stop by the Daytona 500 this weekend and honor one of the country's biggest sporting events and the millions of ordinary people who love it, liberal journalists and pundits complained that he was wasting taxpayer dollars. Here's how the AP described one of the events. The tailgating feast at one stop was fit for a president who served fast food at the White House to college football champions. Deep fried honey buns and deep fried Oreos were on the dessert menu. Or maybe it was dinner, and cheap domestic beers easily slipped into NASCAR koozies. But the media did not have a problem with Trump taking the beast for a spin around the track just because it was paid for by tax dollars. Oh, no. Because, you know, they sure as heck didn't have a problem with Michelle Obama jet-setting around Europe and Africa, and we paid for that, too. No, see, they have a problem with Trump acknowledging tens of thousands of NASCAR fans that the left has no time for and does not want to believe exist. If a Democratic president takes Air Force One to rub shoulders with a bunch of Hollywood celebrities, that's fine. But if a Republican takes it to hang for a couple of hours with thousands of blue-collar American taxpayers, then suddenly it's a waste of money. Because this is what they think of you. These are not slips of the tongue or misspeaks or being taken out of context. There are far too many examples of prominent leftists mocking everyday Americans and particularly conservatives for being dumber than a sack of rocks. More articles than you can count have been fired off by the liberal press claiming that liberals are more educated, more intelligent, more evolved than conservatives with bigger brains and larger vocabularies. This is the unvarnished, unadulterated truth of how they actually see you. To them, if you believe in basic things like a strong economy, a secure border, and individual liberty, then you are either an uneducated, toothless backwater hick or a hood-wearing racist, or both. You're a moron if you didn't take out $100,000 a year to attend the ivory tower emporium of liberal brainwashing. If you plant crops, you lack the IQ to work in tech. If you watch NASCAR, you eat deep fried Oreos for dinner and probably haven't showered in three weeks. If you live in one of the millions of suburbs or small towns all across this country, get up every morning and just go to work, feed your family, work in a trade, maybe own a gun, and generally want to be left alone, you are a drooling cousin Eddie who does not know what's good for you, and the liberal urban elitists need to come in and run your life while ridiculing you to the rest of the world. Your job is expendable, your values are stupid, and your life is a joke. You aren't worth listening to or considering, and the Electoral College should be nixed so that your vote no longer matters. That is what they think of you. Remember that. And on the eighth day, God looked down on his planned paradise and said, I need a caretaker. So God made a farmer. God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. 
I need somebody with arms strong enough to wrestle a calf and yet gentle enough to deliver his own grandchild. Somebody to call hogs, tame cantankerous machinery, come home hungry, have to wait lunch until his wife's done feeding visiting ladies, then tell the ladies to be sure and come back real soon and mean it. So God made a farmer. God said I need somebody willing to sit up all night with a newborn colt and watch it die and dry his eyes and say maybe next year. I need somebody who can shape an axe handle from a persimmon sprout, shoe a horse with a hunk of car tire, who can make harness out of hay wire, feed sacks, and shoe scraps, who planting time and harvest season will finish his 40-hour week by Tuesday noon and then pain in from tractor back, put in another 72 hours. So God made a farmer. God had to have somebody willing to ride the ruts at double speed to get the hay in ahead of the rain clouds and yet stop in midfield and race to help when he sees the first smoke from a neighbor's place. So God made a farmer. God said, I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs and tend the pink-combed pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadowlark. It had to be somebody who'd plow deep and straight and not cut corners, somebody to seed, weed, feed, breed, and rake, and disc, and plow, and plant, and tie the fleece, and strain the milk, and replenish the self-feeder, and finish a hard week's work with a five-mile drive to church. Somebody who'd bail a family together with the soft, strong bonds of sharing, who would laugh and then sigh and then reply with smiling eyes when his son says that he wants to spend his life doing what Dad does. So God made a farmer. You win You get one song All right one song. Back to what I'm talking about here on Dewey Dewey was a manipulative guy He recognized that liberty-minded And overwhelmingly Christian teachers Taxpayers and parents of America Of that era would never knowingly support his radical educational and political ambitions if they understood them. I'm going to say that again, even though it's going to take some time. Dewey knew that liberty-minded, overwhelmingly Christian teachers, taxpayers, and parents of America of that era would never knowingly support his radical educational and political ambitions if they understood them. He said change must come very gradually. To force it unduly would compromise its final success by favoring a violent reaction. In other words, people would get so pissed off, they would kick his rear out, burn his books, and eliminate everything about him. It's like the kind of reaction that people have to uh, all that new uh, education system. It, it, the name blocks me uh, that they just threw out of Florida here last week. So instead of going to the American people, with his approach. Dewey went to Rockefeller, the oil dynasty. By the way, did you know that the Rockefeller oil dynasty produced the gas that gassed the Jews in Germany? Just a thought. He went to the oil dynasty, which was giving away 
unfathomable amounts of money for educational reform through the General Education Board. The philanthropic outfit gave Dewey millions of dollars to, can you imagine, this is like in, in the early 1900s. Millions of dollars in the early 1900s. That, that's a gigantic amount of money. To create an experimental school to try out his ideas, a school that successfully cranked out reading disabled collectivists. Now, I want you to think about the reading scores in California. Kids come out of our schools reading disabled. They're crippled. They're retards. You spent fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars for a teacher, and you ended up with a retard kid. This was intentional. Dewey, it says right here, they wanted to have reading disabled kids. Why? Then the kids just do what you tell them to do. When you have a kid that can study the material, they can get on and Google it themselves. They can, they can, they're critical thinkers. They look at stuff. They say, that ain't right. That's stupid. I'm not going to believe that. That's wrong. They're giving it, they're lying to us, right? Dewey argued in his 1916 work, that the educational regime he envisioned would be the process through which the needed transformation must be accomplished. Having failed as a primary and secondary school teacher, Dewey's effort to seize control of the school system in America with a leadership position in education at the Rockefeller-funded University of Chicago. Later, he went to the Columbia University's teacher college. From his ivory tower perch, Dewey would train up legions of teachers and disciples to unleash on an unsuspecting United States and carry forward his vision. It worked. Dewey became the founding father of America's progressive public education system, and his ideology went mainstream. Now, another Dewey achievement while in academia was resurrecting quack methods for teaching reading that have been discredited in the 1840s in Boston. That incredible saga, the root cause of America's current illiteracy crisis, will be the subject of uh, much to be written about. So, in other words, there's going to be more to be written here. Listen, people, you think, maybe you had the same feelings I've had over the last 20 years or so, I would look at the Congress and look at the president and say, don't they see the same thing I do? And why, what's holding them back to stopping killing babies or solving the tax problem of taxing us or wasting billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars why are we studying quail sexual habits or the the habits of Chinese prostitutes that are alcoholics? Why are we doing that? Why are we giving millions of dollars of aid to countries who hate us? Why are what, what are we doing? And and then all of a sudden we get a guy in there, one person, just one person, that now everything is changing. And things are making more sense. And have you ever wondered why kids are stupid today? They cannot read. They cannot do math. 
they they are wasting incredible amounts of time uh, at school. They're more like daycare centers, so parents don't have to take care of them than they are real education. People I know that homeschooled their kids, they only worked with their kids maybe a few hours a day. And the kids were smarter and more higher accomplished, and they didn't have all this tied-up time just hanging out at these school campuses. And they could actually go out and get a job after, after they finished their work for the day and go earn some income for themselves. They could go work. They could be more productive. They, In other words, they could learn more in a couple hours than you spend all day from 8 in the morning or 8.30 to 2.30 or 3.30 or whatever it is. Because the school is teaching them to be illiterates, retards, reading retards, arithmetic retards, writing retards. I had a guy I worked with at Glad Tidings. He was he has a he has a bachelor's degree from Chico State and he wrote he wrote a couple paragraphs for me I was going to put them on the internet I thought this is I would I would never admit I was a graduate of Chico State College this is like this is illiterate right here so so anyway they're talking here in this article about down in Florida they've had hundreds of thousands of kids, poor kids, they've been giving them vouchers to go into charter schools, private charter schools, and the kids are thriving and outperforming the public school. And, you know, I, I get these arguments. I get a kick out of it. Uh, I get a kick out of the articles because the, pub, the public school articles, well, if you the only kids that are leaving the public schools are the ones that have really active, proactive parents, and then you're leaving all the bad kids with us. I thought, you know something? If you can't teach bad kids, you got them for eight hours a day. You know, Doug Eshman, who had a wonderful school, he retired this year. Doug Eshman lives up near Clipper Mills, and he would drive all the way down to teach school or principal of school at Mary Kovalot. And I gave him a book. I think it was put out by the Heritage Foundation. I should order it. I should get a copy of it. It's a small little paperback. It's 21 high-performing schools. It's called No Excuses. That was the title, No Excuses. 21 high-performing schools in high-poverty areas. And all it did was tell a little story about these one-by-one, school number one, school number two. They were in all kinds of different uh, cities in the United States, but they were extraordinary schools, and and it told the attributes and how they got that way. And as fact is, it doesn't matter whether, and well, certainly it matters. But the fact is, if a kid comes from a horrible environment, crack addict mom, prostitute mom, dad's in prison, dad's a gang member, that kids can learn. And when you got kids for six to eight hours a day. If teachers can't help that kid learn, they need to get out of the business, right? It's interesting to me that, that a lot of people end up in the teaching pro- profession because they don't know what else to do with their life. They're lost souls. They end up with a degree, so they think, well, what am I going to do with this degree? Go work at Albertsons or Raley's, sling food, because uh, I don't know what I want to do with my life. So they end up staying a little bit longer and getting a teaching credential. Then they end up at teaching and uh you ever been in a church and the pastor doesn't have a clue what he's doing? Now, that dude has a th- theology degree, 
he has a couple sheets on the wall, says he's this and says he's that. But he is no help to the gospel, right? Is he a Christian guy? Might be a really nice guy. Might If you want to go have a hamburger, go to a ball game, great. But to pastor a church, the guy's, he can't find his way out of a, a biblical paper bag. Same thing in the teaching profet, profession. The same thing you can end up with a plumber that may have all the tools in his in his uh, truck, but uh, he he ain't he ain't a very good plumber. Now the good thing about the private enterprise system is uh, constructive or creative destruction. The plumber will go out of business, right? Maybe the pastor will get canned. But the fact is, the teacher will not. They just keep moving them around, like they keep moving around Jim Whitaker, who's a molester. And they call it the dance of the lemons. They just keep moving around, or if they're bad enough, they put them in what they call a rubber room. It's not like a rubber room in a jail, but it's a room that you go and get paid to do nothing. So you can go and read, or you can do something. In New York, they have a lot of them there. They can't get rid of the people, and it's cheaper to just pay them than have all the lawsuits. So they pay them to just live out their career, hope die of a heart attack or leukemia or something, diabetes, and get you know solve their problem. They get a life insurance for their family, and they get off the payroll and uh, pay some other loser. But in the public school system, in the government sector, you're stuck with somebody. Once you hire them, you're stuck with some somebody for the rest of their life unless they're uh, Jeffrey Dahmer and chop people up and keep them in the refrigerator. That may get them fired. But you probably have to pursue that and, and uh, file an action against them. They're not going to go easily. All right, so let's move on. So in Florida, they're having tremendous uh, – they did a study, effects of scaling up private school choice programs on public school students. And they tell all the results here which I don't have time because we only, according to my incredible system here, we have less than eight minutes to go. Oh, did you know something? You know this Bloomberg? This guy is a little fascist. You know that? You know what fascists are? It's people that uh, tell you, Everything that you need to do with your life, what you need to wear, what you need to, whether you can smoke or not, drink or not, uh, where you're going to live, what city you're going to live in. So he's 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 wanting to bad ban baby formula. I think I should. I I read somewhere in some notes my mom had that she got me off the breast right away, put me on baby formula. I said that's what I've been longing for all these years. I I missed out, and I ended up with baby formula, and it tweaked my brain. And so here, Bloom. Now, I'm, my feeling is, hey, if people want to do breasts, fine. If they want to do baby, baby, I'm not trying to control people. But what he's trying to do is said in New York City, we he, he would ban baby formula. He wanted to ban sodas. Now I quit sodas, and it's been better for me. But I am not going to tell the people they can't drink a soda. I think adults ought to have a right to do what they want to do. I don't smoke cigarettes. Everybody in my family smoked cigarettes. It didn't help them. They did not have better lives because of cigarettes. But I don't like to tell people they shouldn't smoke. If people want to, now they want to say, first they said you can't smoke in the business because you're going to get smoke on other people. 
Even if the business said, I want smokers to come. If you can have a business say, I want a bar that only smoke, say, we'll let you in if you don't smoke, but don't complain. In other words, this is a smoker bar. We're going to smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette. To me, I think you ought to have, be able to have bars like that. But you can't, with Bloomberg, it's not only that, but he doesn't want you to be able to even smoke outdoors. Now, Bloomberg is a, is a typical hypocrite, the climate change hypocrite. Bloomberg flies everywhere. In fact, he used to fly every weekend to Bermuda. Did you know that? Or the Bahamas, one of the two, one of the B places. Bahamas, I think. He got a place down there. So instead of sticking around New York City, he's kind of like Bendorf. Bendorf, every time he gets a chance, he goes to Rockland area because he's got a cool house up there, I think. It's like Bloomberg, he flies down to the Bahamas on the weekends because he don't want to stay in New York because he's too cool for New York. He's just there in New York to control everybody, right? So he's wanting to ban trans fats. My feeling is I don't, I, I don't like focus on trans fats. I don't think, you know, they say they're not good for you. And, uh, but if somebody wants to eat some Western foods with trans fats and say, man, that food was good. Like last night, I think I probably ate a bunch of old trans fats. I'm still trying to get over that meal last night. But it was like I didn't want to stop eating. It was like, whoa, this is like good food right here, Chinese food. And I thought, I'm getting ready to fly to Asia. I'm getting all getting, getting my Asian jets all revved up. And uh, so, but Bloomberg, he doesn't think that people that tell you what to do, where to stay, how long to stay, where to work, what to eat, what to drink. He doesn't think that's a dictator. He thinks because it's a benevolent dictator, because I'm doing it to improve your life. It's interesting that Hitler, Stalin, Mao, Pol Pot over in Cambodia, they all pretty much believed they knew what was best for everybody else. Now, they didn't happen to follow it all. Just like Bloomberg says, hey, 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 get rid of all those cars and get into the bus. Or get on that train. But then he went on and got to get on his airplane. In fact, he's got multiple airplanes. But he doesn't see any inconsistency. He thinks that old people should just drop dead and get rid of them. I would add there, if we're going to go down that deal, that fat people. We ought to shoot fat people and old people. I'm old. I'm okay. I'm, I'm going to go and do, I'm going to have eternal life. Some people may not think that's true. Some people don't think I'm very Christian. But I'm hoping for eternal life. So if shoot me, that's fine. If, if somebody pulled down on me, I'd just say, hurry up, dude. Just shoot me because I want to get out of here. I got other things to do. I got other places to see. So just make it quick for me. Hallelujah to you. Just take my wallet, whatever you want. You can have it. Plus shoot me. Make it make it cool. Uh, so uh, he's, he's all for that Bloomberg, right? And he believes black people are totally useless. Did you know that? Bloomberg. Yep, he's a classic racist. You know, some people are racist because they think that's just evolution. They don't have any hard feelings about it. They just think those people are stupid, so they need to let them into college uh, without any good grades because that's the best they can do. Just get them into college, give them a degree, and get them out there and see if they can work. If they can't, then they'll end up slinging crack cocaine, right? Now, Bloomberg, he's a classic racist like Charles Darwin. He just said, hey, they just got a bad deck dealt to him. Other people hate people. They say, oh, you don't have a, you don't, you know, you're not white like me. 
or you don't you're not this kind of person or you're not from this part of the United States so you're not cool uh let's see so anyway that's a so Bloomberg's a racist now then you get over to guys like old Bernie and Bernie is a thief oh Bernie's a communist but he he always cut deals for his wife did you know when he was a City councilman up there. I'm trying to find this. Doggone it. it. Oh, here it is. This is so cool. Uh, when Bernie was mayor of Burlington, Vermont, one of the first things he did was he put his girlfriend. Later, she became his wife. First thing he did, he got his girlfriend and put her on the payroll of the city. And the city council objected, and they said, you just can't do that, Bernie. Well, he did it anyway. He just ignored him. And it began a pattern of him steering money, taxpayer money, and campaign money to his family. He's done it to today. He's the biggest socialist, communist talking. But the fact is, he's got houses all over the place. His wife set up a media company, registered to their home in Vermont, and started doing media buying for her husband with no experience at all. Didn't have any training, no professional training. In other words, uh she was just like a person off the street to, and because he was just going to give her money that was being campaign donations, right? She had no background of in any sort. And the dirty little secret uh, here is that when you do a media buy, the buyer is entitled to a commission of 10 to 15%. Very lucrative. So at least uh, $150,000 was funneled to Jane... The lady that became Jane Sanders, Bernie's wife, started out as a girlfriend. And uh, so in a couple cases, allies of Bernie Sanders, who ran for governor of Vermont in 2000 and ran for lieutenant governor in 2004, were expecting Bernie to endorse them. You know, at that time, he's a senator. Bernie didn't do it. And then something happened. It says, why is Bernie not giving us an endorsement? And so eventually that change in Bernie did endorse him. You know what happened? They both, these candidates, ended up hiring his wife, Jane, as their media buyer. And so when she spends a million dollars on media, she gets about 10 or 15%, right? So a couple weeks later, after they hired Jane Sanders as their media buyer, Bernie decided to endorse these candidates. Isn't that in that in that special, it's kind of like where the the cannabis company down there in lower into Marysville donated two five thousand dollars amounts after the city council rejected their application to grow cannabis here because they violated the law. They violated the rules of getting a deal. They had a felon on their board. So they go, oh, well, uh, <clears throat> once they did a background check, they said, that dude's got a felony. And they said, you can't have that. So they so they said, well, would you mind if we eliminated that guy and reapplied that River City Phoenix operation? And so, but while they reapplied, they wanted to kind of just like smooth the going, grease the skids, as they say. And so they slipped Ricky Scamayoa, mayor, Two $5,000 amounts. Isn't this nice? It's kind of like Melanie Bendorf getting a $5,000 check from developer Sakopoulos. 
Now, why would a developer be interested in a superior court judge? I don't think he gives a rat's ass about a judge that doesn't even rule in his county. He's interested in her husband, who works a few doors over at the county administrator's office, and he controls who develops where. So isn't it interesting how this self-dealing just goes on and on and on and on and on? And the same thing where the people at Magnolia Ranch down there around Wheatland donated money to all the supervisors to get their development going. And lo and behold, shazam, shazam, all the supervisors voted for that Magnolia Ranch. Well, that's all we can do today. It's over. And so if you uh, run into somebody this week and you don't know them, be careful to be kind to them because they might be a stranger that's actually an angel and you don't even know it. And you have an opportunity to really connect with the supernatural realm. So pay attention out there. Be kind to somebody. And uh, we'll be back, God willing. A week from now, God bless you. See you later. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter...